Now is the time and wherever you are is the place. The Citadel makes it easier to earn your degree by offering master's degrees, graduate certificates, and undergraduate degree completion programs that are entirely online. Flexible scheduling makes these programs convenient for working professionals. Online classes are held to the same high standards that consistently name the Citadel the number one master's granting public college in the South. The Citadel. Online. On your time. Visit citadel.edu slash online. Gary Hoffman. Hi, my name is what? My name is what? My name is Shannon Farron. Gary. Shannon. That's an old one. Gary and Shannon. I'm glad that our off the air conversation is just as ridiculous on a Sunday as it is Monday through Friday. Well. We are almost out of chimichangas. <laughs> I don't know why you found that so funny today, but I think it was just like a release of emotion. It's like when I cried yesterday watching the shuttle launch. It's just like there's been so much tension and emotion uh, that has not been dealt with that when you find me buying a Coke Zero yeah. at uh, 7:45 a.m. and you say. <laughs> I say, uh oh, we're almost out of chimichangas. And then that reaction. Listen, this was uh, this was probably one of the roughest nights uh, that you can imagine having witnessed in Los Angeles. Uh, Chris and Carlo and Steve Gregory were out on the street most of the day and into the night. Yeah. Hopefully, we're going to hook into up with them later uh, later this morning. Into the morning, they were out there. But this was, you know, L.A. was just one spot, and that's one of the things that makes this very different from uh, from 1992 was that Los Angeles, while Los Angeles burned in uh, April into May of 92, the spread of it was not quite as wide. Uh, last night, however, we saw entire—we saw the entire country. I mean, probably 25 or 30 of the largest cities in North America— were the scene of ridiculous destruction, uh, rioting, looting, violence. The mayor saying this is not 1992 was almost trying to wish that into existence. Don't don't start me on that guy. Don't start me on that guy. I, I felt like yesterday everybody did a really good job of giving him his space because when he held his news conference at, what, 3.30, 4 o'clock yesterday afternoon, we saw what was going on in the Fairfax area. We saw already cars that had been torched and the the building destruction wasn't going on, but every flat surface had been tagged. And when he came out and said something as absolutely ludicrous as what well, we're going to we're going to have a we're going to have a curfew downtown, but not in the Fairfax district. The Fairfax district surprised me. The, the scene and the spot of the of the heightened tensions being Fairfax in the Grove, that was surprising to me. Well, I just didn't see that area as being the... The flashpoint? Yeah. Well, uh, there were some social media accounts yesterday that were targeting, saying that people should target a place like the Grove or a place like Fairfax, Melrose. Why is that? Because that's where... The white people are. Okay. That's where the white businesses are. I mean, remember the the massive 
I don't know, self-reflection, criticism, whatever it was about the riots in 92 was that people were burning down their own neighborhoods. Right. And, and causing, you know, sort of reinforcing the destruction that that had well, put them in a position in the first place. Like Killer Mike came out yesterday and did a did a speech about it for Atlanta. Don't burn down your own neighborhood. Hey, Killer Mike. Don't and, burn your uh, own house down. And T.I., were credited by the mayor of Atlanta. I actually have her whole speech from Friday night. Did you hear any of hers? Uh, yes, I did. She was and, on fire. And uh, Joe Biden's listening. Yeah, uh, sh- he should. Yeah. Um, she came out and said, you guys, T.I. and Killer Mike, they own half the west side of Atlanta. Why are you burning those businesses? Why are you doing this to your own neighborhood? And she said it. I mean, my, my favorite part is that she came out from this news conference uh, Friday, I believe it was. Uh, the first thing she said was, I am a mom. I have four kids. So you're not going to get more outraged than me. You're not going to get more scared than me. You're not going to be more protective than me. You can't You can't out anything me because of who I am and the position and the, and the kind of woman that I am. And then came out and just said, or, I mean, her big key was, her big theme was go home. I, nobody listened. Uh, but listen, her, her attitude and her passion in her speech on Friday night, when you put it up against Eric Garcetti's mealy mouthed hugs and brown sugar oatmeal scented candle feelings. Well, you just can't come out as a white person and try to calm a city right now. You can't, you, you're gonna, you're gonna look dumb. It's just, and it's not your fault that you're white, but (laughs) You can't sit there and pretend like you understand the frustration. And, you know, we talked about it all week last week is this isn't just protests over George Floyd and a number of other people that have fallen victim to murder. Um, It's also months of frustration over the coronavirus. And the two are just a perfect storm for complete ruin and disaster. And you think about, I mean, you're right. This doesn't happen in a vacuum. This this happens after 12 weeks of people being told they can't work, of people being told we don't know where the next check is coming from, of people being told, hey, don't pay your rent now, but when you do have to pay your rent, it's going to be five times, you know, you're going to have to pay all your back. I mean, there's just so many questions about what the next day holds right that that what we saw last night much more so than friday night or any time before that in minneapolis even was that there there was a release of that anger and that tension yeah it's not just the racism it's not just the coronavirus it's income inequality that absolutely gets a huge light on it right now because like you said people are doing without paychecks and then and then you see the stories last week about all the billionaires getting richer during the coronavirus. And that adds another layer on to it of the separation in this country when it comes to income. So it's a number of things and it's all together and it's all bad. And I don't know when the end happens. Well, this is a very different look this morning, even than when it was last night or early this morning when I went to bed. Well, yeah, but it was calmer yesterday morning, you know? Yeah, that is true. I, I feel like there is a different tack that will be taken um, with allowing assembly in large numbers. Because what we saw last night, I mean, the attitude from the mayor to the police chief on down was... 
let these people do what they want if they're going to keep it peaceful. And listen, again, we have to say this over and over again. The vast majority of people that were out there protesting were peaceful. The vast majority of people out there protest. Well, I'll say this. If you were protesting, you were being peaceful. That's the definition of it. But the the moment you start breaking windows and lighting police cars and uh, throwing bricks at people, whatever message you think you may have had has gone out the window. Well, and this was supposed to be the reopening of businesses. So many of those businesses that had probably just anticipated this week being the time they could start to get things back in order. And now they're good. Well, and I have a question. What is the end game? What would make people, because changing the world and changing low-key racism even takes a long time. It change. It starts with what's taught over years and generations and I don't know what's going to make people feel better about that. All of that in the short term. Leanne Suter for Channel Seven was out, and I don't. She was close to downtown yesterday. <clears throat> there was one character that I saw keep coming out. I don't know who he is. Uh, he's a guy who would would roll into one of these protest areas and then stand through the sunroof of his car like a Toyota Rav Four with a bullhorn, and it, you couldn't. You, I couldn't hear what he was doing. You know, you see him from a helicopter shot. My impression, based on what he told Leanne Souter later in the evening, was that he's trying to tell people you're doing it wrong. Like we need to, we need to vote, we need to register, we need to, you know, rebuild our own communities. We need to do, um, but you're doing it wrong. Stop looting, stop burning things. Uh, when she talked to him later in the uh, in the in the evening, he said a comment that made me laugh out loud because he's saying, "Listen, I know racism is endemic. It's been a part of our our country for a long time. It's a stain. It's a pain." Uh, it's frustrating. It leads to death. But this is not the way we change that. And she said, you know, she's asking the question like, well, well, how do we change it? How do we do this? And and how long does it take? And he said, well, ch- changing racism. He goes, it's going to it's going to take a couple of years. <laughs> That's the most. I mean, I, I agree with like 95 percent of what he's saying, but it's going to take a couple of years. Since 1965, every 30 years, there seems to be some violent uprising right. because people can't take this S anymore. And and for him to suggest, oh, it's going to take a couple of years. The fact that it took until 1965 to have any sort of movement yeah. with uh, that that resulted in change is ridiculous on its face. Anyway, all right, we'll uh, we'll come back with. Uh, Sorry, I just was watching NFL highlights. I got, I saw a squirrel. Do you want to, do you want to just watch the NASA TV channel, which is just shots from the International Space Station? Yes. Easy. Yesterday they had uh, Giants 49ers wild card game on. From 2006? And uh, on the NFL channel, but it wouldn't pull up. And I had a little bit of a meltdown. Like the channel was blacked out. Is that why your husband texted me to ask how, if it's possible to fix a remote control or just to buy a new one? (laughs) All right. Anyway, Gary and Shannon will come back uh, on this Sunday coverage of rioting and looting. And we'll see whatever happens with uh, local politicians, uh, police agencies, whatever. If we have any news conferences, we'll bring those to you live.
Shannon, uh, on a uh, Sunday edition of our show. It was nice to have that moment. The uh, National Guard is now on uh, the streets of Los Angeles once again, uh, 30 years, 28 years after they were last here. Um, Again, the mayor saying this is not 1992 was, I think, just a a hopeful, let me speak it into existence statement. uh, I do have some of those cuts. Do you want to hear some of those from yesterday? I didn't hear any of it, to be honest. I read some of the quotes, but I did not hear his uh, his speech there. Um, I'll just say this. He left a lot to be desired. Um, there, and yes, you can say, I don't want somebody coming out there and, you know, pounding the podium and say, I'm going to knock heads, you guys. You stop it. I'm, you, I'll come out. I'll knock your head loose. You don't need that. But I also don't need a guy who's sipping kombucha uh, with his... Which is delightful. Like toe socks on and Birkenstocks and a uh, uh, ocean breeze scented candle lit behind him. I want to hear it. I didn't hear any of it. Juwan, we're good on this computer. I can play this thing. Making sure this is a just city is an equal priority. Oh, boy. Okay. I'm just, I'm playing this. This was, uh, I, I recorded it off of Fox 11. So they're playing his comments with the sound of rioting, looting, and protesters going on in the background. Just okay. to listen. To Making sure this is a just city is an equal priority. But right now, when we are in the midst of unsafety, we have to make sure that we are safe. Safe for protesters what? to exercise their rights peacefully and to make sure their lives are protected, as well as our peace officers and everybody else. And that's what we be focused on today, tomorrow. Let us give voice to the pain that we feel, but let us not take that out on our city. We are better than this, Los Angeles. We can prove it, and I know we are a city of angels. Oh, my God. I know we are a city of angels. Here's, here, this was the key. This was the one that made me laugh out loud and pissed me off the most. We need everybody to summon their better angels in this Stop city it. of angels. Stop summon it. No. your better angels? No, 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 no. That didn't happen. If he comes out and says crap like this again today, it, it, summon he's, your he's, better angels. Summon your better angels. We're better than this. We're not better than this. No. We're, we're clearly not better than we've, this. We've shown it time and time again. Um, but uh, <sighs> and and if I don't even know who he's. Who is he talking again, to? I've is he talking it, to somebody it, in the suburbs? I've said it time and time again. You know, he's not who you turn to to feel better about pain or worry or being scared about something. The analogy of you wake up from a nightmare and your parents are there and they say it's going to be okay. Go back to bed. There are no monsters, and you feel better. He's never going to be the one you turn to to feel better about a situation. That's just not that guy. No. Absolutely. You know, I, I turned to the LAPD 
to figure out how they're going to handle this. They're more the adults in the room, I would say, when it comes to... You mean to, more so than Eric Garcetti? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Clearly. Um, I'd like to hear more from Michael Moore about uh, what they're going to do and strategy and all of that. Hey, credit to him, by the way. He was out there. Yes, he was. He was wearing his full riot gear. Um, and uh, Well, he's a cop's cop. He's not like an administrator. You know, we've seen in the past sometimes... People rise to the chief of police who are more like. Uh, They're not, more comfortable in a suit exactly. than they would be in uniform. That's not him. Uh, again, this was the the mayor trying to be poetic. And again, I don't know who his message, who he's crafting his message to. Who 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 is writing that down? Is he cre- is he crafting these speeches where he says summon your better angels and thinks that that is going to speak to people <laughs> who are. Setting the city on fire? Yeah. He's, he's doing that on the uh, back of the envelope, and he goes, that's a gem. Somebody, you might want to save this envelope. Also, too, when this- the city's on fire, don't get cute. Don't try to be a poet. Just speak like a normal person. There's time for poetry later. This right. is not the no. time. As we look at this city, we know that this is a moment. But oh, a moment that Christ. we all collectively will define. A moment. If we have buildings burning and... Shops being looted, we've seen those shadows in the past. Don't bring them back. We will bring, use the law to reestablish your liberty, to reestablish and save lives. But we cannot do that when folks are lighting fires, shooting at our officers, throwing at projectiles, and escalating things up. Who hears that and just escalating goes, oh my gosh, up. I am calm and Let I me translate. He's going to lead us. Hey, we're going to have your back better legislatively. We're going to fix the laws. We're going to try and fix the uh, the deep seated racism in and even the low key racism that exists. But right now, when you're setting things on fire, we can't make that progress. Yeah. We can't start to make that progress. Why can't you write speeches for him? You know what? I'm happy to if he wants to give me a call. Uh, the mayor of Atlanta is Keisha Lance Bottoms. When we come back, I'll play for you what she said on Friday. It's about a four-minute speech. Yes. And it's, it's, you compare that to this pablum that Eric Garcetti came out with yesterday? Please please tell me he's got something else planned for today. Please. I, I, I just want to I want him to stand there next to the police chief, and I want the police chief to give him the little side eye. Like, what are you – let the men speak here, please. Gary and Shanna will continue on this Sunday. I don't know what day it is. Rob Newton has the news. It's Sunday. Sunday. Right Sunday, Rob? It's, it's is it still, right. May, is okay. it still yeah. May or are we into it's June? It's still May. Okay. We're right at the Hanging end. Hanging on. Got it. Eating your stress until you're done with it. Right. Until you're finished. You're like, I feel like I just gained six pounds in this one sitting. I thought you looked heavier today. Shut your mouth. It's a puffy sweatshirt. For a reason. You look better with a little weight on you. That's what I tell myself. <laughs> it's your affirmation. Gavin Newsom late last night declared a state of emergency in Los Angeles. Activated the National Guard. 
these images that we're going to see through the course of today with these burned out buildings, with these looted places, um, I pointed out just before we came on the air, someone had uh, tucked a camera into an Apple store. I believe it was the one at the Grove. And it was as if the place had just been opened. I mean, there Nothing was not, left. there was not one product anywhere in that entire store. Uh, there was another one on Melrose. There was an Apple store, uh, Melrose Mac that was, uh, that was looted. I mean, guys running out with three of these giant iMac computers in their arms. Uh, and then, then that caught fire. Now, one of the most incredible images that I think I saw yesterday was not only the, the first police car that burned third in Edinburgh, I think it is right in front of a gas station. There was one of the LAPD cruisers that was the first to be torched. It was that later in the evening, and I don't know why this struck me as a, as a strange sight. Later in the evening, that area, all of the protesters, all these uh, people, they'd all left. And there were five or six patrol cars, working patrol cars, that were parked almost in a semicircle around the burned out hull of that original car. And it just, it, it brought to my mind images of, we don't leave anybody behind. I mean, it's a burned-out police car. There's there's nothing left in that thing. Yes, there could have been weapons. There could have been stuff. But that thing is, I mean, it's an ashtray now. It's gone. And the officers had parked their cars around it. They had parked their other patrol cars around it. For some reason, that was just an, uh, an image that it just couldn't get out of my head. Uh, the image that I couldn't get out of my head, which kind of crystallizes the point that these protesters are at odds with each other, um, were the men who were essentially creating their own skirmish line protesters to protect one white police officer who was separated from his unit. And it's, it's, it's telling that there were people that wanted to harm him and there were people that wanted to protect him. And you're seeing that with the looting as well, with some protesters screaming, you know, as the whole foods window was being bashed in, don't do that. And then some people cheering. So there's like this segment of the the protest that is all about George Floyd and and a segment about just destruction. The um... and I know there's no playbook for how to handle your grief and your frustration, and you're going to see people act out in different ways. Um, but there are some people that are just out there to loot, to 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 burn things that it, it don't don't care or don't know how to process any sort of uh, emotion over the, uh, over the whole thing. I think the image that exemplified that part of it was what happened in Dallas. Now, yeah. I know you've seen it. This guy tried to um, defend his business, I think. And the weapon that he had was about a four inch, uh, sorry, a 24 inch, they called it a machete. It was a big knife, whatever kind of knife it was. It was a big blade. And he had gone after people who were trying to break into his business. And somebody threw a brick, hit him right in the head, and he crumpled like a rag doll. And the images of people stomping him, kicking him, and then realizing that he wasn't moving and walking away, this guy's contorted bloody broken body then lying on the ground as other people came to try to help him out other people who minutes before probably may have been 
you know, protesters or part of the group that was beating realized that they had gone too far. And my understanding is that that guy lived. I don't know how. Yeah, he's in stable condition. I want to play for you Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms. She's the mayor of Atlanta. And in a news conference on Friday, she took it out on people. And this was before the massive violence that we saw from Saturday night. This was Friday evening. Above everything else, I am a mother. I am a mother to four black children in America, one of whom is 18 years old. And when I saw the murder of George Floyd, I hurt like a mother would hurt. And on yesterday, when I heard there were rumors about violent protests in Atlanta, I did what a mother would do. I called my son and I said, where are you? I said, I cannot protect you and black boys shouldn't be out today. So you're not going to out concern me and out care about where we are in America. I wear this each and every day, and I pray over my children each and every day. So what I see happening on the streets of Atlanta is not Atlanta. This is not a protest. This is not in the spirit of Martin Luther King Jr. This is chaos. A protest has purpose. When Dr. King was assassinated, we didn't do this to our city. So if you love this city, this city that has had a legacy of black mayors and black police chiefs and people who care about this city, where more than 50% of the business owners in Metro Atlanta are minority business owners. If you care about this city, then go home and pray that somebody like Reverend Beasley will come and talk to you and give you some instructions on what a protest should look like and how you effectuate change in America. This police chief made a video on yesterday, pull it up on YouTube, where she said she was appalled to watch the murder of George Floyd. This woman did that. You're not honoring the legacy of Martin Luther King Jr. and the civil rights movement. You're not protesting anything running out with brown liquor in your hands, breaking windows in this city. T.I. and Killer Mike own half the West Side. So when you burn down this city, you're burning down our community. If you want change in America, go and register to vote. Show up at the polls on June 9th. Do it in November. That is the change we need in this country. You are disgracing our city. You are disgracing the life of George Floyd and every other person who has been killed in this country. We are better than this. We're better than this as a city. We are better than this as a country. Go home. Go home. 
In the same way I couldn't protect my son on yesterday, I cannot protect you out in those streets. You're throwing knives at our police officers. You are burning cars. You have defaced the CNN building. Ted Turner started CNN in Atlanta 40 years ago because he believed in who we are as a city. There was a black reporter who was arrested on camera this morning who works for CNN. They are telling our stories and you are disgracing their building. This is not the legacy of civil rights in America. This is chaos and we're buying into it. This won't change anything. We're no longer talking about the murder of an innocent man. We're talking about how you're burning police cars on the streets of Atlanta, Georgia. Go home. That was it. That's how she ended it. Compare that. You know, to hearing Eric that for the second time d- did not uh, did not make me feel less emotional. I mean, she nailed it. She really did. And she, and, and yeah, I mean, when you put that up next to, not to bag on Garcetti, because that's not what this is about, but uh, she's speaking from her heart. You know what I mean? She's not sitting down and writing a speech and trying to be cute and poetic. She's speaking like a real person in the emotion in her voice. It just, it, it really, um, it connects you to her more than the other politicians that you've heard come out and try to calm down the situation. Uh, National Guard is on the streets in at least Los Angeles and Minneapolis, and it will probably be on the streets in other places. Um, I think Washington State has called up their National Guard to take to the streets of Seattle. So when uh, at the top of the hour, Brian Suits, who's been called out by the National Guard for uh, instances very similar to this, uh, is going to join us at the top of the hour and talk about what it is that is going to be required of the men and women uh, who are out there for the National Guard. So we'll talk about that at the top of the hour. We'll be back, though, and fill in some of the uh, other information that we found out overnight. So the coronavirus centers, the testing centers were closed yesterday. The what? The what? Oh, there's this thing. It's called the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19. It was big news last week and then racism. Okay. So it's a pandemic and we haven't done anything or had friends over for two and a half months. Uh... And that wouldn't They're be worried to about to the, uh, the older people, the sensitive population. Sure. It, it's uh, it's killed a about 100,000 people in the country. Doesn't ring a bell. Uh, at the top of the hour, Brian Suits is going to join us, a uh, former member of the National Guard, uh, talk about what it means that the National Guard is now on the streets of Los Angeles. There's not a, there's not, listen, I think there's eight or 9,000 LAPD officers. There'll be 
uh, fewer than a thousand National Guard members that are out there, but the images are absolutely unmistakable in that there is a, in my mind, a change in tone. Uh, this is not just hijinks gone wild like we saw vandalism and violence last night. This is, um, and I may be wrong here. National Guard, by the way, is mobilizing in at least 16 states. I, I understated that earlier. Um, I'm not sure that the National Guard carries non-lethal or less than lethal weapons. I don't know how more law enforcement is going to help matters. Well, my understanding I is I mean the, in the, terms of the thought process of people that want to protest. The um the National Guard units would come in and sort of occupy the spaces that had been cleaned out by LAPD. Uh I, we, as we saw yesterday, they were very clearly overwhelmed at certain points or just simply didn't have enough bodies in the right spots to stop the things that were happening. And part of that is because unlike 1992, we are slaves to social media right now. So all it takes is a couple of uh, well-placed tweets to tell people oh, yeah. what store is not being guarded. And who who is going just for Instagram? Right. Uh, I, I saw people taking oh, selfies oh. with them, selfies of themselves, the burned out police cars, right? Like uh, just walking up, having, having nothing to do with setting the car on fire, no. protesting, just going to get to get the picture, posing um, in front of the burned out dumpsters. City councilman Marquise Harris Dawson represents a portion of South LA and says it's clear that our fear is real that additional law enforcement will only further violence against people of color said anarchists are taking advantage of our pain with looting and violence. This is not Black Lives Matter or members of our community who have suffered from systemic racism and oppression. These are domestic terrorists. It makes a great point. Uh, you, and you can see it. You could see it bubbling up yesterday when you started watching some of the coverage at the Fairfax area. And you could hear uh, when Steve and Chris were out there. The vast, vast majority of people who are out there, yes, they may have been yelling. I'll even say this. You could go up and wag your finger in the, fa in the face of an LAPD officer and tell them what you think of them. But it all it takes is a, a handful of people out of the thousands that were out there. It takes a handful of people to cause the destruction that we've seen. Um, Rob mentioned that there are portions of Melrose that have been shut down because of the, the vandalism, the just absolute trash that's now strewn throughout the streets there. And uh, we got to get back to it. I, I think this is also an opportunity. Pardon me for sounding a little Garcetti-ish here. This is an opportunity for uh, us to show our better better angels. Is that, that the term he used? Summon don't, don't your, your better angels. It. Summon your better angels. Mm -hmm. Daytime is the time when the bad guys go to sleep. Right. And daytime is the time when good people come out and offer to help clean up. And I've already seen some of these, you know, TV cameras that are out there showing people coming up to these businesses and offering whatever you need to help out, whether that's simply sweeping up broken glass in the front, helping you board up an already broken out building, board up to protect your building from being blown out in the next wave of whatever tonight looks like. And that, I think, is one of those things that, that we will see, hopefully, over these next several hours. I don't know what's planned for later. I haven't seen anything in terms of what, you know, large-scale protests or plans, but uh, it, it, this is not over as of yet. Well, and there's also stories of white people being the instigators in some of this. 
I've listen, which uh, is fine. I, I'll 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 listen to it. But but we saw we saw this plan play out with the WTO riots in Seattle in '99. This is yeah. where they learned how to do this. This you you all you have to do is get a group of a hundred thousand people out on the street, and it takes fifty to cause the most mayhem and to st- to actually throw the gasoline that starts the fire. The LA Times talked to a student from Long Beach, a 25-year-old Trayvon Walton, and he went to the Fairfax area to join in the protests and he said that he saw a lot of non-black protesters inciting the police from up close and was worrying that the black community would take the blame for this. He said all the white people are in the front, we're going to be the ones that get the backlash. Okay, but hold on a second. If if the majority if if black protesters are not the majority that were out there in the Fairfax district, isn't that also inherent proof that everyone is outraged at yeah. this? Yeah. I mean, there's not one there's not pockets of society who are saying, well, you know, George Floyd uh, deserved uh, or he should have put his gun or he should have. Re- Nobody is saying that. Well, police chiefs, I, I, police unions around the country. Some, pe- everybody- some people are saying that. Some people are going to always be on the side of law enforcement, regardless of the situation. But you're not hearing that from the police forces, like you said. Um, you're not hearing that from the LAPD or Long Beach, who have all decried what happened in Minneapolis. There are some people that will say, yeah, well, he should have done were, this. I guess. Should've. I mean, there were people who were still cheered for the Bills the fourth time they went to the... Uh, the uh, but there's... That's not a... That's a horrible analogy, and I apologize for that. You were trying to lighten it up, I and I appreciate that, and I love an NFL analogy. All right. Uh, Brian Suits, when we come back, we'll talk about the National Guard on the streets, what it means, what their requirements are, and uh, what we expect to see from them in the next couple of hours. I know. I've gone to two Super Bowls where we've lost. When will that end? And you're still going to cheer for them, right? Yep. Gary and Shannon will continue right after this. Mr. So the coronavirus centers, the testing centers were closed yesterday. The what? The what? Oh, there's this thing. It's called the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19. It was big news last week and then racism. Okay. So it's a pandemic and we haven't done anything or had friends over for two and a half months. Uh and that wouldn't They're be worried to drive about to the, uh, the older people, the sensitive population. So it, it's uh, it's killed a about a hundred thousand people in the country. Doesn't ring a bell. Uh, at the top of the hour, Brian Suits is going to join us, a uh, former member of the National Guard, uh, talk about what it means that the National Guard is now on the streets of Los Angeles. There's not a. There's not. Listen, I think there's eight or nine thousand LAPD officers. There'll be uh, fewer than a thousand National Guard members that are out there, but. The images are absolutely unmistakable in that there is a, in my mind, a change in tone. Uh, this is not just hijinks gone wild like we saw vandalism and violence last night. This is, um, 
And I may be wrong here. National Guard, by the way, is mobilizing in at least 16 states. I I understated that earlier. Um, I'm not sure that the National Guard carries non-lethal or less than lethal weapons. I don't know how more law enforcement is going to help matters. Well, my understanding is... I mean, in terms of the thought process of people that want to protest. The the National Guard units would come in and sort of occupy the spaces that had been cleaned out by LAPD. Uh, As we saw yesterday, they were very clearly overwhelmed at certain points or just simply didn't have enough bodies in the right spots to stop the things that were happening. And part of that is because unlike 1992, we are slaves to social media right now. So all it takes is a couple of uh, well-placed tweets to tell people what store is not being guarded and who, who is going just for Instagram. Right. Uh, I I saw people taking selfies with, them selfies of themselves the burned out police cars right like uh, just walking up having, having nothing to do with setting the car on fire no. protesting just going to get to get the picture posing um, in front of the burned out dumpsters city councilman marquise harris dawson represents a portion of south la and says it's clear that our fear is real that additional law enforcement will only further violence against people of color said anarchists are taking advantage of our pain with looting and violence. This is not Black Lives Matter or members of our community have suffered from systemic racism and oppression. These are domestic terrorists. It makes a great point. Uh, you, and you can see it. You could see it bubbling up yesterday when you started watching some of the coverage at the Fairfax area. And you could hear uh, when Steve and Chris were out there. The vast, vast majority of people who are out there, yes, they may have been yelling. I'll even say this. You could go up and wag your finger in the the face of an LAPD officer and tell them what you think of them. But it all it takes is a a handful of people out of the thousands that were out there. It takes a handful of people to cause the destruction that we've seen. Um, Rob mentioned that there are portions of Melrose that have been shut down because of the, the vandalism, the just absolute trash that's now strewn throughout the streets there. And uh, we got to get back to it. I I think this is also an opportunity. Pardon me for sounding a little Garcetti-ish here. This is an opportunity for uh, us to show our better, better angels. Is that that the term he used? Summon your your better angels. Summon your better angels. Mm -hmm. Daytime is the time when the bad guys go to sleep. And daytime is the time when good people come out and offer to help clean up. And I've already seen some of these, you know, TV cameras that are out there showing people coming up to these businesses and offering whatever you need to help out, whether that's simply sweeping up broken glass in the front, helping you board up an already broken out building, board up to protect your building from being blown out in the next wave of whatever tonight looks like. And that, I think, is one of those things that that we will see, hopefully, over these next several hours. I don't know what's planned for later. I haven't seen anything in terms of what, you know, large-scale protests or plans, but uh, it, it this is not over as of yet. Well, and there's also stories of white people being the instigators in some of this. I, I've Listen, which uh, is fine. I, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to it, but, but we saw... We saw this plan play out with the WTO riots in Seattle in 99. This is yeah. where they learned how to do this. This you you all you have to do is get a group of 100,000 people out on the street and it takes 50 
to cause the most mayhem and to st- to actually throw the gasoline that starts the fire. The LA Times talked to a student from Long Beach, a 25-year-old, Trayvon Walton, and he went to the Fairfax area to join in the protests. And he said that he saw a lot of non-black protesters inciting the police from up close and was worrying that the black community would take the blame for this. He said all the white people are in the front. We're going to be the ones that get the backlash. Okay, but hold on a second. If, if the majority... If if black protesters are not the majority that were out there in the Fairfax district, isn't that also inherent proof that everyone is outraged at yeah. this? Yeah. I mean, there's not one there's not pockets of society who are saying, well, you know, George Floyd uh, deserved uh, or he should have put his gun or he should have. Re- Nobody is saying that. Well, police chiefs, I, I, police unions around the country. Some, pe- everybody- some people are saying that. Some people are going to always be on the side of law enforcement, regardless of the situation. But you're not hearing that from the police forces, like you said. Um, you're not hearing that from the LAPD or Long Beach, who have all decried what happened in Minneapolis. There are some people that will say, yeah, well, he should have done were, this. I guess. Should've. I mean, there were people who were still cheered for the Bills the fourth time they went to the... Uh, 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 but there's... That's not a... That's a horrible analogy, and I apologize for that. You were trying to lighten it up, I and I appreciate that, and I love an NFL analogy. All right. Uh, Brian Suits, when we come back, we'll talk about the National Guard on the streets, what it means, what their requirements are, and uh, what we expect to see from them in the next couple of hours. I know. I've gone to two Super Bowls where we've lost. When will that end? And you're still going to cheer for them, right? Yep. Gary and Shannon will continue right after this. Still glow, oh, yeah. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Piece of good news. SpaceX has delivered those two NASA astronauts, Bob and Doug, as we've come to know them, to the International Space Station. The Dragon capsule arrived this morning, hours after that historic liftoff from Florida. That was, listen, yesterday was a weird day. Yeah. Because at noon you could do that, and I was, I, my wife sent you that picture. I, was, yeah. I did that I was, excited, like I'm watching the World Series I, Game I, Seven, I, where I'm standing too. in the in I the was, living room. Yeah, standing about uh, six inches away from the television screen, watching this thing, and I just felt oddly emotional about it. And it's just because it was just like a week of tension and pent up emotion, I think, from everything that's been going on, and it it was something good and yeah. successful. And you it, realized you've been giving yourself heartburn for the last 12 weeks. And you, it was right. a, like, why do I feel calm now? I don't feel like I'm burning in my chest. But this was the Dragon Capsule at about 7.20 this morning. Uh, Juwan, give me this computer and I'll throw the... We are inside the hands-off point, the chop, the crew hands-off point. One meter to go. One meter to go. Get it. Soft capture complete. Yes. Dragon <laughs> Soft capture confirmed. Stand by for retraction and docking. And it's That's, those voices yeah. and the clapping in oh. Houston. Like, all of it just felt so good. Maybe that's what Eric Garcetti is going for, is soft capture. And then the people that didn't like the launch, for whatever reason, that were, like, weirdly pushing back. 
How you make a launch a political thing. Right. She's like, okay. All right. Well, uh, 16 states have mobilized the National Guard in Los Angeles several hours ago. We saw uh, National Guard units make their way onto the streets of L.A. for the first time since uh, since 1992. One of those guys that was out there in 92 was uh, our own Brian Suits, um, uh, who spent uh, all of the show last night talking about what's going on in the streets while everything was really heating up when you were on, of course. Uh, so explain to us, first of all, what what is the call like? Uh, these guys probably weren't surprised that they got a call last night that said that they're going to have to report in. Um, no, they, they shouldn't have been. First of all, let me just say, I'm really jealous of two guys who got to leave the Earth yesterday. I know, yeah, we no, all are. Been... <laughs> I would um, kill to be in a what, space station. <laughs> what, what happens is um, California has a couple of units that are have a, have a little higher readiness level than others, and they're regional. So down here in Southern California, uh, there's <clears throat> two units, my old outfit, 160th Infantry, and then the 18th Cavalry, I think, out of Azusa, and their commanders were were given were, were probably leaning forward in the saddle uh, 48 hours ago uh, because there were lots of rumblings about this. And regardless of what Mayor Garcetti said yesterday about, oh, I'm not calling in the guard because L.A., we got this and all that, things went turbo real fast on him. And I think that's on him for not understanding how quickly these things happen. I don't know where he was in 92 but, I mean, that happened on live TV in about an hour and a half. Didn't you feel like um, when he said this is not 1992, he was trying to, like, speak that reality into existence, and it's exactly like 1992? He, I, I don't know why he would even say that. When he should have said this could turn into 1992, right. but we got this, L.A., and, and, it, and it sure didn't. So what happens, a guard member, um, there, there's sort of a pyramid calling uh, program where the uh, our commander is called and his top enlisted guy starts the calling tree and uh, everyone everyone is told uh, you, you know either get at the armory right now at 1 a.m. first formation at 0600 uh, bring the following items uh, you know two uniforms and all that and and that's the thing is yeah, I was single in 92 I lived in North Hollywood but the married guys you know, they got to sit down with their spouses and say, uh, remember when I went to Afghanistan two years ago? Well, this is like that, except I'm going to be 10 miles away. So they have to have everything in order. Um, only only there's a pandemic on. So so it adds this this other layer. Um, and and so they they arrive at the armories. They go go out and inspect the vehicles, fuel them up get ready and they go where they're told. So that's, there's already, there's already uh, some guys on the ground in Fairfax. Then <clears throat> um, they were the first ones that, that got there. I was, I got the call at like 2 a.m. in 92 on, on the Thursday, April 30th, I guess. And I had to go in to K-Rock and tell Kevin and Bean that, uh, that I was in the army all of a sudden and that they would have to get, uh, you know, a different producer. And so I was gone for three weeks. And so for these guys, I, I you know, I, I don't have an estimate. This, th I think this could get worse very much tonight. It's not going to be Melrose again. It's going to be somewhere else. Um, uh, and I don't think, because of social media, this is way different. This is far more organized. There's a skeleton underneath the disarray, and, and it's people who want disarray. And and uh, Antifa, whatever you want to call them, uh, but then again, there's a lot of of you know of uh, free agents out there 
uh, who are just there for the chaos and the Apple computers. And the difference between this and 92 is that in 92, you know, it erupted after a verdict up in Simi Valley. And Mayor Bradley came out and disagreed with the verdict. And then uh, it just started. And there was no organization or, or plan or anything like that. Now it's all over social media. I was reading yesterday morning at 7 a.m. that Melrose was the target. Melrose was the target. Um, Fairfax and Melrose. And so it was it. it and then during last night um, on certain uh, certain apps, uh, people were posting hey, they're still on Fairfax and Melrose, get down here to get back to Beverly. Um, and, and you could see the coordination in the, some of the helicopter shots that, that people were w would get out of Melrose and they would go down. Because LAPD, just like last night, just like today, and it's not changing, folks, they're outnumbered. They're badly outnumbered. We were, LAPD was outnumbered in 92. They're outnumbered in 2020. Um, and... That that's just when the same thing happens later on today. Just keep in mind that's part of the reason. Well, to that end, what what will be the responsibilities of those National Guard units that come in? They're not going to be front line face to face with protesters later today, right? Unless they're backing up police, they're not going to put hands on looters and and uh, hands on rioters. Um, they might guard prisoners. We guarded prisoners in '92, and then we secured burnt out buildings. I didn't quite get why uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, um, Century Boulevard mall, the, the mall that magic Johnson owns. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, back then. Yeah. We guarded that and like it was empty. I didn't get it. Um, but, but we guarded that and we did foot patrols and things like that, that we did later on. We, um, LAPD would make mass arrests and then they would hand them off to us and we would guard them. Um, and then they would get put on the Grey Goose up to Castaic, up to the Honor Ranch, up, up uh, by by Castaic. Which we then, then we spent the last week of our three weeks walking big circles around the Honor Ranch at Castaic, and I got to meet Telly Savalas. Do you Sounds think, like a good story. Uh, do you think that the, the presence of the National Guard will uh, inflame the situation? I, I don't think so. That wasn't the, the effect in 92 because people were not looking at the LAPD anymore. And that's when I really understood the level of animosity between the residents in South LA and LAPD. They looked at us as a liberating force. And I mean, let's face it, you know, since 2001, the whole, you know, thank the troops, the US military uniform will get you a free beer at any airport in America, you know, and the whole thing. And so psychologically seeing uh, soldiers, you know, and, and I, I don't want to I don't want to be I don't want to sound like a sexist pig or anything. But, you know, this is not a truck driving battalion or transportation company. The, these are infantry, you know, mm -hmm. and these are the, most of these guys have deployed. They, they've been around the world and this is happening in their own backyard. They they're they're level headed NCOs, very experienced NCOs and officers. Well, the senior officers. And and they're they're going to be very professional, and it's and it's very intimidating to people because in America you get to talk back to the cops, yeah. Um, but you're looking at war fighters uh, with face shields and ride sticks, and and psychologically, my experience, both in '92 and then '99 in Seattle, um, was that people treat you differently. Uh, the you know they they kind of you're representing the United States of America, not not the the evil police that you hate or you've decided to hate or whatever. Uh, to that, well, can you hang on for one second? We're we're gonna 
take a break. You can hang on for another yeah. segment. You okay. and I were just wondering off the air, uh, is it odd that the president hasn't spoken? And just seven minutes ago, he finally tweeted, uh, first time since yesterday. He wrote, congratulations to our National Guard for the great job they did immediately upon arriving in Minneapolis, Minnesota last night. The Antifa-led anarchists, among others, were shut down quickly. Should have been done by mayor on first night, and there would have been no trouble. They did. Sad. They, uh, yeah. An exclamation <laughs> I'm, just, I'm adding the sad. I'm sorry, I haven't seen a sad in like a year out of him. It's well, maybe because he's happy all the time. Uh, all right. So we'll keep an eye on this. Brian Suits has joined us, host of Dark Secret Place. And then, of course, tonight, later on, you will hear his uh, coverage in Super Hyper Local Sunday, a very, a very special episode. Channel 7 right now is interviewing former LAPD commander and former L.A. County Sheriff Jim McDonald. Oh, I'd like to hear what he has to say. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Oh, that's me. I'm sorry. I'm like, what's going on? Juwan, that's me, and I'm, I'm making that sound come out of my computer on accident, in all honesty. How uh, dare you? I know. It's bad. Let me turn that. This is why Juwan never wants to work with us. Now, you could probably check that again. I should be good now, right? Am I good now? Uh, the National Guard have the ability to come There's in. There's Jim and be, McDonald. Be able to hold that uh, intersection or that piece of land to be able to uh, provide uh, force protection as well very uh, for, for fire entities as they're at a scene fighting a fire. Um, that's something that's critical that uh, most people don't realize is that in order for the fire department to be able to do their job without being assaulted under circumstances like this, they have to have uh, police agencies with them responding to cover their back. So that is a, a tremendous drain on available resources, but a critical one that we keep our firefighters safe as well. All right, that's Jim McDonald. He's on, with, uh, he's on Channel 7 right now. But that's an actual, that's a good point. And Brian Suits has joined us. He was on last night uh, from 8 to 11. We'll be on again tonight right here on KFI for the Super Hyper Local Sunday show. Um, Brian, one of the things that, that I saw while you were on last night was that there was all kinds of looting going on up and down Melrose, but that officers were basically running security for the fire department that had to put out fires so they weren't free to go get these looters. Um, yeah, that in 92 on the first night of those riots on Wednesday, April 29th, the L.A. Fire Department firefighter on his truck was wounded by a bullet and and because there were no one had thought but you know that anyone would be shooting at firemen so they went back to their stations and they said that happened best of luck um and so that's you know that doesn't work anymore there's now a protocol uh, during civil unrest that you escort the fire um and i did see riders letting you know ambulances through but n- no one messes around with fire trucks anymore be- and the fire is part of the fire protocol that that during a time like this they won't go to a call if there's not a uh, police escort cuz their trucks get looted and so you you saw that at uh, at Melrose Mac um the, there was a police squad that that arrived with the fire trucks and and they got out before the firemen even started fighting the fire yeah. brian a question about 1992 because now we're seeing the national guard 
arriving in at least 12 states and D.C. as well. Texas, Colorado, Minnesota, California, Utah, Georgia, Ohio, Wisconsin, Kentucky, Washington, Tennessee, Missouri. Uh, how... How was the response in 1992? Was it just Los Angeles? Were there other cities that were rioting in solidarity? No, no, no. Remember, um, um, well, I mean, you were three, whatever, right? It, Bless it, your heart. it was just LA. Um, <clears throat> it was just LA. And so uh, Tom Bradley asked the governor, I think it was Duke Magian at the time, um, to, to call out the guard. And, and, and instead of calling a guard unit from Fresno, they called up us in LA and Burbank, which is why three weeks later, when I got, went back to 6300 North Lancashire, my apartment had been looted and emptied. So thank you. But um, it, yeah, it, it was just LA. We did call in some units from Nevada uh, because because it was uh, we had a lot of people on by, by the third day. There was a lot of California National Guard. Then a lot came down from the north. But it was it was uh, isolated to Southern California. So this was the deal. And this is what people need to wrap their heads around. In 92, it was just L.A. and Mayor, uh, Mayor, President George Bush, on the second or third day of the riots, he invoked the Insurrection Act of 1807, and he declared martial law, and that allows the president to bring in the full-time military. The regular army came down from Fort Ord. The Marines came up from Camp Pendleton. Um, and that was just L.A. And so I would just warn people, I just prepare yourself. If you're just getting used to how robust public health law is, wait till the president, looking at the disarray from coast to coast, um, invokes the Insurrection Act and, and deploys the regular military. And that means martial law comes along with it. I just retweeted video of M Minneapolis police last night. People are on their porch but it's a get in the house order in Minneapolis. They're on their porch. Police yell at them. You played the audio. Uh, I think Rob played the audio at the top of the hour. Uh, they yell at them and say, get in the house, get in the house, get in the house. And then a supervisor says, light them up. And they shoot paintballs at them or pepper balls. Well, that's martial law. That's that's a lawful order at a, at, with the emergency declaration. And they don't have to wait for President Trump. Newsom could do that. You know, and for L.A. County, it's an, an emergency order. Uh, it's it's not uh, that to that extent, but but um, so I, I would just say, you know, the the, the president could do. Um, I've heard that they're debating it right now, and they're waiting to see how today goes. Today's not going to be much better, but get get ready for uh, for martial law in Southern California, maybe New York, and and maybe in selected states. Mm. All right, Brian suits eight o'clock tonight. This is Super a the second Sunday. time we've uh, opined about martial law becoming a reality this year. Yeah. Hey, what else is on tap this year? What else we got? What's you know, it's tomorrow is the second half. We're all not even out of the first half of the year. Right. Yeah. It's still May. You know, hashtag where are the murder hornets? Murder hornets were just a filler chapter. No, 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 no. They found new ones. They found like random murder hornets now flo flo floating around Washington state. It's just a matter of <sighs> thanks. Brian. Uh, earthquake, eight point three earthquake. The, hold on a second. I actually, I swore I felt an earthquake last night. It had to be about eleven thirty. That was the was pizza. The, that may have been the pizza. <laughs> You're right. Maybe it was the pizza. All the right, Brian. Has gone bad. <laughs> thanks, Brian. Brian suits there uh, again tonight. His his show starts up at uh, at eight o'clock. The president has continued to tweet. We mentioned the first one about congratulations to the National Guard. A few minutes after that, he said. 
Other Democrat-run cities and states should look at the total shutdown of radical left anarchists in Minneapolis last night. The National Guard did a great job and should be used in other states before it's too late. Go ahead. Make this political. See how far that gets you. And then wrote, the United States of America will be designated Antifa as a terrorist organization. Let's talk about Antifa when we come back. All right. Uh, because the the way that they are playing this out, they being whoever the agitators are in these groups, they they know what they're doing. Brian kind of alluded to it, that there's an idea that there is a sort of a skeleton underneath the disarray that's sort of directing some of this. Is this unprecedented in terms of the National Guard being spread out or called upon in this many places in the country at the same time? Probably. Yeah. 16 states have or will mobilize them. Yeah. Gary and Shannon will continue in a moment. Shannon, on a special Sunday edition, KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. And of course, all day we will be covering what's going on throughout Southern California, specifically in Los Angeles and even more specifically in the Fairfax district. The cleanup has begun. I was uh, just mentioning that uh, Farmer's Market there right next to the Grove yesterday was the scene of uh, a lot of action, including just a lot of, you know, basic vandalism, people spray painting stuff uh F-12, uh, ACAB, um, F the police, all that stuff. And uh, one of the the iconic images of that, you know, scene from yesterday was the sort of clock tower looking thing there at Farmer's Market. All four sides of that thing were covered with graffiti, covered with graffiti. As of a few minutes ago, it's completely painted, repainted. Uh, the bright yellow paint that there's a guy up there right now, Good. as a matter of fact, painting that thing to keep it uh, keep it clean. Um, I, I wanted to talk a little, oh, I just saw this, that, uh, Catherine Barger for the board right. of supervisors proclaimed a state of emergency for LA County. But Gavin Newsom had done that yesterday. Yeah. Not, I, I mean, this is just. How many states of emergency do we need? It's, <laughs> it's, is, is it different? It's paperwork it, it, at this point. I mean, it's right. just a matter of I'm just them. wondering what resources are freed up. Now that weren't now freed up that, a couple hours ago. Exactly. The, um, the. Theme apparently is that we're seeing protests overtaken by people who will cause destruction and want to make this uh, more about violence than any sort of message of uh, ending police brutality. And that theme, that that playbook really started from my experience that I know of in 1999 at the World Trade Organization protests in Seattle, because at that time, that was a giant win for the city of Seattle to get this huge international conference to come to the Sheraton Hotel there. And there were, uh, the president was going to show up at one to- at one point, Secretary of State Madeleine Albright was there. All of these different leaders from around the world uh, were going to be there, some for the first time participating in this World Trade Organization meeting that was supposed to, you know, explain, uh, to, to develop guidelines for trade, for uh, human rights, all this sort of thing. And people took to the streets to protest, labor unions, uh, young people, uh, human rights, whatever. People took to the streets to protest. And those first, I want to say it was like the end of November, like uh, November 22nd, 24th, something like that, uh, that moved into that first week of December. 
And what happened was that the streets of Seattle were absolutely full. Like an overwhelming number of people showed up to protest. More, more than anybody had anticipated. And what happened was there were groups of people that came into this and assume that there's 50,000 people on the streets of Seattle. There's probably 50 or 100 that were the ones carrying the hammers with the black masks dressed all in black. And the agitators, I believe, they got that name uh, post-MacArthur Park yeah. as well. How quintessential us is it, P.S., that you covered the double uh, WTO protests in Seattle in 99 and then... I covered them when they came to Sacramento in 2003. Like how it's so typical. Um, But like in Sacramento, I remember as they led up in the the months and the weeks leading up to that, taking lessons from Seattle and realizing that there were going to become these uh, these splintered groups that were just there to create uh, create chaos and how to deal with them and how to identify them and neutralize them. Uh, as quickly as possible. But despite all the planning, every protest has those those groups of people. And it's an amazing thing. I, I sensed it listening to uh, to Chris and Steve yesterday, Chris Carlo and Steve Gregory, who were out there in these different areas through downtown in the Fairfax district all of the afternoon and into the night or and early morning, that there is an energy on the street. My wife actually asked me at one point last night if I, if I missed it, like, did if I wanted to go out there and I'm too old for that for one thing, but yeah. there, there is something about it that you, you can't describe it. And no. and I'm not, I'm not saying it's a positive thing. I'm not saying, Hey, you should go to, if something, ha- if something pops off tonight, you all should drive down there and get involved. It's adrenaline. It's testosterone. It's all of that. But, it, and it feeds off of each other. There's, it's always simmering. Yeah. And even in Seattle, there's 50,000 people on a cold December day. It's simmering. And you may be chanting, you may be up against a police line, you may be uh, up against a a barrier. There are certain streets that were blocked off back then. All it takes is a tiny spark of violence for that thing to go south. And that's what they were doing. That's what they would provide, whether it was breaking the windows of the Starbucks or lighting off fireworks or climbing up onto the uh, climbing up onto the awning of the Nike town store in Seattle and shouting things was enough to cause panic. Now, the difference between uh, the experience that I saw yesterday and the experience from the World Trade Organization was there were federal security agencies, law enforcement agencies on the ground in Seattle. I mean, there were Secret Service there. There was secret, uh, State Department security that was there. They do not mess around. They do not have... No weapons with green handles on them that are going to tickle you with a foam bullet or perhaps make you cry a little bit. They had real guns with real hard bullets on or real soft bullets, depending on how you look at it. Well, hopefully today we'll take on a different tone already. There are several candlelight vigils and other uh, peaceful type protests being planned by various uh, community groups. There's going to be at 3 p.m. in Long Beach, an anti-police brutality protest. Uh, then in Compton, it looks like a candlelight vigil tonight. Uh, Pasadena, it looks like another candle lighting to remember uh, George Floyd. So hopefully the tone begins to turn. I don't know if that's going to be the case. Brian Suits brought up a good point, too, that 
people will not probably respond to the National Guard the way they responded to the LAPD just because people do have a different place for the military in their minds. It's a very different visual. Yes. Even even just the visual, if you were to compare uh, riot gear of the dark blue or black uniforms from LAPD and somebody walking around in camo, it's for whatever reason it is, it's a thing. Um, of course, all of this store started with the death of uh, George Floyd from Minneapolis. Target is based in Minneapolis. And we come back, I'll tell you why Targets have become sort of a flashpoint for all of this. Target had nothing to do with this. But they are being thrust into the spotlight simply because of location. So we'll talk about that when we come back. Someone wrote to us on Twitter, y'all being on today has thrown off my weekly calendar. What day is this? Day meatball? Thrown off your calendar? Yeah. What is a calendar? Why do we even have calendars anymore? Marking time. Silly. My day planner is just sitting on my desk at home laughing at me. Like, remember when you planned stuff? Remember when there were things to plan? It still says March 12th. (laughs) Yeah. Guys, May is almost over, too. Uh, Coming up after Rob's news at the top of the hour, we'll be talking to the mayor of Beverly Hills. Some shops on Rodeo Drive have been boarded up. Looks like they're going to put a curfew in place there as well. Uh, So this started with the murder of uh, George Floyd in Minneapolis on Monday. Uh, The arrest of a police officer charged with murder and manslaughter Other arrests of other police officers appear to be imminent. And the hometown, Minneapolis, happens to be the hometown of Target. All the stores that that, uh, exist throughout the world. Target has been an odd target for all of the looting and the hatred. And and people that are saying that, uh, you know, it's the targets of the world that are creating income inequality because, you know, the, the founder of Target makes this much and the workers make this much and this is what's wrong with America. It's just been a weird target for hatred. Yeah. <laughs> Corporate uh, uh, greed type hatred. The, the CEO, a guy named um, Brian Cornell, in an open letter published on the corporate site a couple of days ago, wrote that um, their teams are prepping truckloads of essentials for state equipment, medicine, diapers to distribute into damaged areas. They said that they're going to be shutting down a dozen stores throughout the Twin Cities area until further notice. Because, by the way, I mean, apparently Target in Minneapolis and St. Paul is like Starbucks in Seattle. You can't, I mean, you could throw a rock and hit four of them at one shot. Uh, So that's part of the reason why they were targeted in Minneapolis. I mean, the one that we saw yesterday here was targeted apparently just because it happened to be in the right, right, wrong location, whatever it is. But there are now 19 stores, Target stores, in L.A. County and Orange Counties that are going to be closed uh, because of all of this. Yeah, Target announced that it would temporarily close 175 of its locations across the country after images of what happened in Minneapolis became uh, prevalent. They said there will be 49 Target locations in California where they will shut their doors, 12 in New York. The rest are in Illinois, Missouri, Michigan, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Texas, and Georgia. 
I mean, Target clearly would take a stand and has taken a stand against racial injustice and uh, violence of this kind, of any kind. But they, like you said, have become sort of a flashpoint of this for some reason. Now, the the open letter that Brian Cornell said uh, or wrote said, since we opened our doors, Target has operated with love and opportunity for all. And in that spirit, we commit to contributing to a city and community that will turn the pain we're all experiencing into better days for everyone. Another example of 99.999% of the country believes that what we saw in that video of the last moments of George Floyd's life were horrific. And that officer has to pay for that. It has nothing to do with that, though, when you see the images like you saw out of the Target with the white woman carrying out two lamps or the kid that went to Target and and looted uh, the box of Legos. Like there's something different going on with this looting experience in America that we didn't see. This isn't just like televisions and things like that. That is your usual uh, looting fair. People are doing weird stuff. Well, we saw lamps and Legos. We saw weird stuff three months ago. Is it three months? Two and a half months ago when people started buying toilet paper. paper. (laughs) And in all honesty, I was surprised that that was not something that we saw yesterday. I I, I saw a lot of pictures of toilet paper. People carrying toilet paper. I don't mean to laugh. No, I know, but it's it's an uncomfortable laughter. I get it. It's ridiculous. You know, you're upset over the murder of George Floyd, so you're going to go get a couple lamps from Target and not pay for them? Well, at least they were matching lamps. They were matching I lamps. Um, but what does that say about us? It, I don't, it's very uncomfortable to think about. But these aren't isolated incidents. You know, this is uh, the looting is pretty prevalent. With uh, all of these protests. I mean, except for that Croc store. Did you see the images in Chicago? Bunch of stores looted. They took everything. Uh, and then there's a Croc store right in the mix- midst of it. Yeah. Completely Un- untouched. untouched. Yeah. Completely untouched. Fully stocked. There were people. With those ugly ass shoes. Ready to hand them out. And they were like, nah. Yeah. They're like, fine. no, thank you. So. Um, there are, you know, the interesting dynamics that we saw along Fairfax yesterday that uh, in one shop, I saw some guys take an. Uh, it was a nail salon. They had taken an ATM out of the, out of the business, and laid it out on the sidewalk, and were trying to bust into this ATM. It's a hard little, thing little to small bust into. AT- oh, that's why they make them that way. Yeah. Right. So they ended up hoisting this thing into the back of a pickup truck, and driving off with it wherever they went to try to open the thing. I can't imagine that a nail salon ATM I, is, is I get rolling it. in the dough. Like I understand getting into a nail salon these days. Yeah, but I don't think anybody got their nails done. I know. But there, so there's a nail salon on the corner, and I don't know di- the exact get, address, you, but you get a you get a discount when you pay with cash at the nail salon. Oh, that's why the ATM so, is there. Yeah, but exactly. the ATM is going to charge you four bucks for the fee, right? Right. So this nail salon is across the <laughs> good point st- street from a wings place. The nail salon. There's a uh, one store and then a like a Japanese goods store, like a Hello Kitty style thing. Mm-hmm. So the nail salon and the Hello Kitty place were destroyed, gutted yesterday. But the building in between them, that one store in between them, not touched. I mean, in pristine condition this morning. Because yesterday, the owners of that store sat on a bench out in front and said, 
you you can't this is our store you can't touch it and they did people people obeyed i suppose which is just an odd thing to be able to uh to sit out there and protect your property like that and and be respected enough that people are not going to bust into your store while on you know within feet of of what you're doing they're um they're breaking into these stores what time does the pizza store open doesn't mm. that sound good no. It's probably the normal time. You okay? Yeah, just I feel good. like you're not gonna make it. <laughs> well, it's it's different to be here on a Sunday. It's only ten AM. It's been a few years. It's only ten AM. My husband's like, You used to get up at four in the morning to go to work on a Sunday. Yeah. It's like you're right. So you felt like you slept in today? Yeah, a little bit. Seeing how the other half lives. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> the other half. All right, we'll talk to the mayor of Beverly Hills when we come back about what they're doing there with their curfew and boarding up stores and all of it. Special coverage continues. Gary and Shannon will be right back after Special. this. Special. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. National Guard this morning patrolling Los Angeles. As the city begins cleaning up after yet another night of violence, we saw police vehicles torched, stores looted. Citywide curfew expired at 5.30 this morning. Firefighters responding to dozens of fires last night. Eric Garcetti asking Gavin Newsom for 500 to 700 members of the National Guard to assist police. Apparently, uh, police in Denver said that they found some very scary things uh, associated with their uh, protests from last night. That Denver police may have found weapons, gas cans planted in the protest area. Also in Denver last night, three Denver police officers and somebody they were taken into custody were run into by uh, a hit-and-run driver smashed into their patrol vehicle uh, late Saturday night after uh, some of these George Floyd protests had, for the most part, broken up in Denver. One of the shades of the protests has been income inequality. And uh, Beverly Hills was the site of some angry protests yesterday as well. People chanting, eat the rich. Uh, Mayor Les Friedman joins us now. Uh, Mayor, thanks for your time. Sure. Thank you for asking me. Hey, uh, what What does it look like in Beverly Hills this morning? Well, it's quiet and there's cleanup that's going on. Um, it's uh, really a shame that what was a peaceful protest during the day with people who rightfully were protesting uh, a, a death that should have never occurred uh, later turned into an event where a whole bunch of hoodlums uh, took over for their own benefit uh, as opposed to protesting uh, what was a wrong. Did your officers notice a, a change in the crowd um, and were they able to identify the, the agitators, the people that were there not to protest, but to just create the chaos? 
Well, there was certainly a change from the uh, peaceful protest that occurred uh, after um, the uh, breakup of the Pan Pacific rally. Uh, People marched uh, through uh, West Hollywood, through Los Angeles, into Beverly Hills, and uh, for the most part, uh, were were very contained. There was some tagging, some spray painting, um, but for the most part, it was peaceful. And then all of a sudden, in the latter part of the afternoon, uh, it was a whole different element, and I, 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 I just have the feeling it, were, it was people who wanted to take advantage of the situation and weren't as concerned about the life that was lost as they were their own personal gain. Uh, can you let us into, without getting in too tactical, but could you let us into some of the conversations that you've had with, the, with your chief of police about what to expect for the next uh, several hours and maybe a couple days? Well, there's discussions that are going on right now as to how to handle today. Um, We are aware of some uh, peaceful protests that are planned. And and quite frankly, those peaceful protests that are planned are concerned that their message is going to be lost um, if it gets out of hand like it was uh, last night. So we are aware of it. We are planning for it. We have asked for uh, National Guard uh, support during the day. Uh, We will be prepared to protect both our business community and our residential community. Uh, Rodeo Drive was closed to cars and pedestrians. Will that, is that closure still happening or are you planning to do that again? Uh, That's still in a planning stage. We will make an announcement as soon as the details are finalized. And then um, in terms of the conversations that you have with uh, the residents there in Beverly Hills, whether they're business owners or, uh, like you said, just people who happen to live there, how do you uh, how do you tell them? How do you convince them that you're able to keep them safe? Well, we have constant communication uh, through many uh, social networks, uh, Nixle, which is a Uh, a a broadcast system that people can subscribe to. We have all of our um, cell numbers, phone numbers of people that live in the city and communicate with the city. So we have been sending out uh, notices via uh, Everbridge, which is the phone system, uh, as well as on social media. Uh, So at at this time, that's how we send out the notifications, um, and uh, we will continue to do so. All right, Mayor Les Friedman, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. Be safe. Yeah, you too. Good luck. Mayor uh, Lester Friedman there from the uh, city of Beverly Hills. I would like to just point out that I've matured because I did not make one Axel Foley reference during that entire interview. More than 2,000 people showed up yesterday, they said, in the streets of Beverly Hills as uh, as part of these protests from yesterday. Apparently, they did get into some of those stores on Rodeo Drive, uh, particularly uh, Alexander McQueen. Uh, and the Gucci store they tried to get into, too. He, I would assume that those stores have quite the robust security. But I don't think that they, they didn't were I yesterday. Don't, yeah, because I don't think they knew that that was going to happen. Well, they were boarded they, up. Some of them were boarded up before anybody came through were. there okay. because of the concern that that the they would be a specific target because of that. Uh, but as uh, some of the reporters kind of after all of this went through. Some of the reporters that were walking down Rodeo Drive, there were, you know, still some crews that were there putting up new plywood, new, you know, covering the windows, et cetera. The Gucci store you could see into, there are all kinds of stuff still there. I mean, as many people as uh, that went in, 
You, there was all kinds of stuff in the store still. Bags. Well, they I don't know said what, there was an attempt to get in the Gucci store. Oh, I don't think they sense. were able to get in. Because as we referred earlier, the the uh, Apple store, I believe, at the Grove was just cleaned out. All you saw were the little charging cords that stick out of those wooden tables to hold all the phones and iPads and everything. And yeah, I'm it. surprised that they don't have the kind of, and I, I don't mean uh, human security, I mean, like uh, barriers and locking devices and all that kind of thing that you see on Rodeo Drive. I'm surprised they don't have those at Apple stores. The Apple store seemed as vulnerable as the uh, well, Adidas every, or whatever. And every Apple store is just a giant plane of glass out yeah, in front. Right, I mean, that's exactly. Um, the 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 jokes on them though, because my understanding is you can't you can't take one of those demo phones and actually use it for anything. I don't understand the demo theft. Yeah. That's what I've always understood. Like the, Apple learned early on that it was just too tempting for some people. So they just said, well, we're going to produce a whole series of basically dummy phones. All they do is demo. You yeah. can't actually get anything from them. So, um, well, we did see the National Guard come into town early this morning, rolling into town. There are several uh, dozen vehicles, uh, big military vehicles that have staged at the convention center. Uh, along with several dozen, if not a few hundred, law enforcement vehicles that have staged there as well, waiting for whatever's about to happen this afternoon. Chicago mayor just said no cars downtown, no public transit. They've called in the National Guard as well. I think this is just unprecedented when you think of the number of cities and states that are calling in the National Guard at the same time. You know, we, we, we talked about 1992 with Brian Suits and, and, and Mayor Garcetti yesterday saying this is not 1992. No, it's a hell of a lot worse for the country. I don't necessarily blame him for not seeing that yesterday when he gave his news conference at 3.30. But, the, but by, by 3.30 yesterday afternoon, every other major city in America was experiencing the same thing. And he didn't have the ability to see that this was bigger than that. I want to play the mayor of Atlanta's speech again when we come back. Okay. We can do that. Gary and Shannon will continue with our special coverage today of uh, rioting, looting, and uh, hopefully some peaceful protests. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeart Radio app. National Guard this morning patrolling Los Angeles. As the city begins cleaning up after yet another night of violence, we saw police vehicles torched, stores looted. Citywide curfew expired at 530 this morning. Firefighters responding to dozens of fires last night. Eric Garcetti asking Gavin Newsom for 500 to 700 members of the National Guard to assist police. Apparently, uh, police in Denver said that they found some very scary things uh, associated with their uh, protests from last night. That Denver police may have found weapons, gas cans planted in the protest area. Also in Denver last night, three Denver police officers and somebody they were taken into custody were run into 
by uh, a hit-and-run driver smashed into their patrol vehicle uh, late Saturday night after uh, some of these George Floyd protests had, for the most part, broken up in Denver. One of the shades of the protests has been income inequality. And uh, Beverly Hills was the site of some angry protests yesterday as well. People chanting, eat the rich. Uh, Mayor Les Friedman joins us now. Uh, Mayor, thanks for your time. Sure. Thank you for asking me. Hey, uh, what What does it look like in Beverly Hills this morning? Well, it's quiet and there's cleanup that's going on. Um, it's uh, really a shame that what was a peaceful protest during the day with people who rightfully were protesting uh, a, a death that should have never occurred uh, later turned into an event where a whole bunch of hoodlums uh, took over for their own benefit uh, as opposed to protesting uh, what was a wrong did your officers notice a, a change in the crowd um, and were they able to identify the, the agitators, the people that were there not to protest, but to just create the chaos? Well, there was certainly a change from the uh, peaceful protest that occurred uh, after um, the uh, breakup of the Pan Pacific rally. Uh, people marched uh, through uh, West Hollywood, through Los Angeles, into Beverly Hills, and uh, for the most part, uh, were, were very contained. There was some tagging, some spray painting, um, but for the most part, it was peaceful. And then all of a sudden, in the latter part of the afternoon, uh, it was a whole different element. And I, 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 I just have the feeling it were it was people who wanted to take advantage of the situation and weren't as concerned about the life that was lost as they were their own personal gain. Uh, can you let us into, without getting into tactical, but could you let us into some of the conversations that you've had with the, with your chief of police about what to expect for the next uh, several hours and maybe a couple days? Well, there's discussions that are going on right now as to how to handle today. Um, we are aware of some uh, peaceful protests that are planned. And, and quite frankly, those peaceful protests that are planned are concerned that their message is going to be lost um, if it gets out of hand like it was uh, last night. So we are aware of it. We are planning for it. We have asked for uh, National Guard uh, support during the day. Uh, we will be prepared to protect both our business community and our residential community. Uh, Rodeo Drive was closed to cars and pedestrians. Will that clo is that closure still happening, or are you planning to do that again? Uh, that's still in a planning stage. We will make an announcement as soon as the details are finalized. And then um, in terms of the conversations that you have with uh, the residents there in Beverly Hills, whether they're business owners or, uh, like you said, just people who happen to live there, how do you— how do you tell them, how do you convince them that you're able to keep them safe? Well, we have constant communication uh, through many uh, social networks. Uh, Nixle, which is a, uh, a broadcast system that people can subscribe to. We have all of our um, cell numbers, phone numbers that of people that live in the city and communicate with the city. So we have been sending out 
uh, notices via uh, Everbridge, which is the phone system, uh, as well as on social media. Uh, so at, at this time, that's how we send out the notifications, um, and uh, we will continue to do so. All right, Mayor Les Friedman, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. Be safe. Yeah, you too. Good luck. Mayor uh, Lester Friedman there from the uh, city of Beverly Hills. I would like to just point out that I've matured because I did not make one Axel Foley reference during that entire interview. More than 2,000 people showed up yesterday, they said, in the streets of Beverly Hills as uh, as part of these protests from yesterday. Apparently, they did get into some of those stores on Rodeo Drive, uh, particularly uh, Alexander McQueen. Uh, and the Gucci store they tried to get into, too. I would assume that those stores have quite the robust security. But I don't think that they, they were. I don't, yesterday. Yeah, because I don't think they knew that that was going to happen. Well, they were boarded they, up. Some of them were boarded up before anybody came through were. there okay. because of the concern that, that the they would be a specific target because of that. Uh, but as uh, some of the reporters, kind of after all of this went through, some of the reporters that were walking down Rodeo Drive, there were, you know, still some crews that were there putting up new plywood, new, you know, covering the windows, et cetera. The Gucci store you could see into, there are all kinds of stuff still there. I mean, as many people as uh, that went in, you, there was all kinds of stuff in the store still. Bags. Well, and, I they don't know said what, there was an attempt to get in the Gucci store. Oh, I don't think they sense. were able to get in. Because as we referred earlier, the, the uh, Apple store, I believe, at the Grove was just cleaned out. All you saw were the little charging cords that stick out of those wooden tables to hold all the phones and iPads and everything. And that's yeah, I'm it. surprised that they don't have the kind of, and I don't mean uh, human security, I mean like uh, barriers and locking devices and all that kind of thing that you see on Rodeo Drive. I'm surprised they don't have those at Apple stores. The Apple store seemed as vulnerable as the uh well, Adidas every, or whatever. And every Apple store is just a giant plane of glass out yeah, in front. Right, I mean, that's exactly. It. Um, the, the, the jokes on them though, because my understanding is you can't, you can't take one of those demo phones and actually use it for anything. I don't understand the demo theft. Yeah. That's what I've always understood. Like Apple learned early on that it was just too tempting for some people. So they just said, well, we're going to produce a whole series of basically dummy phones. All they do is demo. You can't actually get anything from them. So, um, well, we did see the national guard come into town early this morning, Rolling into town, there are several uh, dozen vehicles, uh, big military vehicles that have staged at the convention center, uh, along with several dozen, if not a few hundred, law enforcement vehicles that have staged there as well, waiting for whatever's about to happen this afternoon. Chicago mayor just said no cars downtown, no public transit. They've called in the National Guard as well. I think this is just unprecedented when you think of the number of cities and states that are calling in the National Guard at the same time. You know, we we, we talked about 1992 with Brian Suits and, and, and Mayor Garcetti yesterday saying this is not 1992. No, it's a hell of a lot worse for the country. I don't necessarily blame him for not seeing that yesterday when he gave his news conference at 3.30, but... The, but by by three thirty yesterday afternoon, every other major city in America was experiencing the same thing, and he didn't have the ability to see that this was bigger than that. I want to play the mayor of Atlanta's speech again right. when we come back. Okay, we can do that. Gary and Shannon will continue with our special coverage today of uh, rioting, looting, and uh, hopefully some peaceful protests. 
course, we have all of the people that are protesting over the murder of George Floyd. We wondered on our show on Friday what the response was going to be if if the protests were going to calm down at all because we had the news that the officer was arrested and charged with murder. Although it was third-degree murder, some people were upset with that, but they would have had to prove intent if they charged him with first- or second-degree murder. Um, then you've got the people that are just rooting for chaos, and then I mentioned this earlier, and it is another shade of the protest, is the people who are upset about income inequality, they're upset over the corporations. The headline landed last week. U.S. billionaires have increased their net worth by $485 billion during the last 10 weeks of the pandemic. And then I, I saw this this morning, too. Um, I got to be honest, the worst looting I've ever seen take place happened a few weeks ago when corporations collected over $500 billion in stimulus money while everyone else was left with a $1,200 check and having to decide if they pay for food or rent. So there's that shade to the protest. There's all of the coronavirus. We've been pent up for two and a half months. Uh, tension as well. And it's just a, a storm creating havoc as we've now seen the National Guard activated in several different states. Where's your mayor? I feel like he's, there's been a lot. I mean, I know he did a lot of phone calls last night and was, uh, I think sounded, Atlanta's sounded mayor, Atlanta's mayor should be America's mayor because she was able to crystallize, uh, the frustration and the anger and the, feeling that we can't burn our own cities down, that that's not going to uh, to start the progress anytime sooner. Keisha Lance Bottoms is her name, and she on Friday gave a speech. This was after some protests turned somewhat violent uh, on Thursday night and into Friday, uh, and then Friday also. But she took to the podium on Friday evening in front of uh, some city officials, in front of her police chief, and dropped what I saw as probably the clearest message about how protesters, because there's a difference between the protesters and rioters and looters and how protesters have to understand they're going to be painted with the same brush that the rioters and looters are, unless they can somehow separate the message, which is a very difficult thing to do. But she attacked it as a, as a, a black woman who is a mother who happens to be the mayor of one of the largest cities in the country. Above everything else, I am a mother. I am a mother to four black children in America, one of whom is 18 years old. And when I saw the murder of George Floyd, I hurt like a mother would hurt. And on yesterday when I heard there were rumors about violent protests in Atlanta. I did what a mother would do. I called my son and I said, where are you? I said, I cannot protect you and black boys shouldn't be out today. So you're not going to out concern me and out care about where we are in America. I wear this each and every day. And I pray over my children each and every day. So what I see happening on the streets of Atlanta is not Atlanta. This is not a protest. 
This is not in the spirit of Martin Luther King Jr. This is chaos. A protest has purpose. When Dr. King was assassinated, we didn't do this to our city. So if you love this city, this city that has had a legacy of black mayors and black police chiefs and people who care about this city where more than 50% of the business owners in Metro Atlanta are minority business owners. If you care about this city, then go home and pray that somebody like Reverend Beasley will come and talk to you and give you some instructions on what a protest should look like and how you effectuate change in America. This police chief made a video on yesterday, pull it up on YouTube, where she said she was appalled to watch the murder of George Floyd. This woman did that. You're not honoring the legacy of Martin Luther King Jr. and the civil rights movement. You're not protesting anything running out with brown liquor in your hands, breaking windows in this city. T.I. and Killer Mike own half the West Side. So when you burn down this city, you're burning down our community. If you want change in America, go and register to vote. Show up at the polls on June 9th. Do it in November. That is the change we need in this country. You are disgracing our city. You are disgracing the life of George Floyd and every other person who has been killed in this country. We are better than this. We're better than this as a city. We are better than this as a country. Go home. Go home. In the same way I couldn't protect my son on yesterday, I cannot protect you out in those streets. You're throwing knives at our police officers. You are burning cars. You have defaced the CNN building. Ted Turner started CNN in Atlanta 40 years ago because he believed in who we are as a city. There was a black reporter who was arrested on camera this morning who works for CNN. They are telling our stories and you are disgracing their building. This is not the legacy of civil rights in America. This is chaos and we're buying into it. This won't change anything. We're no longer talking about the murder of an innocent man. We're talking about how you're burning police cars on the streets of Atlanta, Georgia. Go home. Mayor uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms, her name. Perfectly said. You can feel the pain. She's honoring the pain that people are feeling. And at the same time, she is... Bleeding, I, I, you know, 
I don't know what Joe Biden's doing uh, or what his people are doing, but they should take she just they, got- they should take notice because that is a woman who could be responsible for uh, a tremendous healing. I think as we uh, start down this road yet again in America. Yep. We uh, continue our special coverage of uh, rioting, looting, and hopefully peaceful protests that are going on throughout Los Angeles as a result of uh, George Floyd's death in Minneapolis. All around the country, as a matter of fact. Gary and Shannon will be right back. Don't lose your grip on the dreams of the past. You must fight just to keep them alive. It's deep. I am tired of the thrill of the fight. Rising up to the challenge of our rival. And the last known survivor stops his bread in the night. And his fortune has always been. Just uh, out walking their dog along uh, Melrose. Remember when we were in Philadelphia and we failed to go to the Rocky Steps? Yeah. That was a failure. It was a failure. You see Philadelphia? That was one of the cities that was popping off last night, too. Just about every major city in the United States was the scene of violent protests that turned into rioting and looting. Um, there was some good news that happened over the last 24 hours. Uh, the fact that we put two Americans into space on a private rocket to meet up with the International Space Station. And uh, about three hours ago, they did just that. The Dragon capsule docked with the with the International Space Station. They opened the hatch and the two, Bob and Doug, my two favorite names now, Bob and Doug were able to climb into the International Space Station and say, what's up and Dostoevsky and whatever they say in Russian. How America is that? Bob and Doug. Bob and Doug. (laughs) Well, um, uh, just a a quick update. The president tweeted a couple of things this morning. We were saying that he hadn't made uh, uh, a lot of noise about what all of the events from last night. He did say congratulations to the National Guard for the great job they did when they arrived in Minneapolis. Um, The United States of America, he said in another tweet, will be designating Antifa as a terrorist organization. And then a short time after that, he said the lamestream media is doing everything within their within their power to foment hatred and anarchy. As long as everybody understands what they are doing, that they are fake news and truly bad people with a sick agenda, we can easily work through them to greatness. Looks like there has been a social media post that's been circulating about a protest planned for today at noon at the Trump golf course there in Palos Verdes. Stand against systems of oppression and demand justice. Protest at the intersection of Palos Verdes Drive South and Trump National Drive at Trump National Golf Course. Please bring signs. Please wear masks. Well, uh, I don't know who's going to get the bill, but uh, Chris Carlos' KFI News vehicle was uh, disabled uh, yesterday. I mean, in all honesty, Chris, it kind of looks... It is a police interceptor version of the Ford Explorer. So I'm not blaming you. That's not what I'm doing. You know what? How dare you? I know. You I've... haven't been a reporter in so long that you forget what it's like to sit here in this nice, cozy studio and uh, and, and and make fun of somebody who spent all of yesterday into the wee hours of the morning covering breaking news. Did you get breakfast, Chris? See, now he he hung up. Now he hung up on us. There he is. I'm here. To, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm here. Pants or no pants? Uh, no, I've got, I've got <laughs> pants on. Criticizing my, my judgment and can't even press the right button. Come on. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so, uh, 
listen, I didn't, I, I didn't choose the vehicle. The vehicle. No, chose, no, I know. Uh, I'm, I'm just giving you a rough time because uh, I think everybody's had uh, had moments in whatever vehicle they've been in for different reasons. <clears throat> whether that we get in a crash, whether we get accused of being something that we're not, and it kind of sounds like that was the case that somebody assumed that that was a law enforcement vehicle and slashed all of the tires. Well, you know, what's interesting is that as I arrived on the scene yesterday, I, I got there you know, just as things were really starting to bubble over. Um, and my strategy was to park in one of the neighborhoods about a mile away from that intersection where everything was going crazy down at, uh, at Third and Fairfax. And my thought behind that was, well, parking in the neighborhood, parking in a place that had less foot traffic um, meant that my vehicle was less visible and therefore less likely to be targeted because I do understand the fact that it does look like that. Um, when I report these things, um, you know, 90% of my reporting is done on foot. Like my, my philosophy is I would rather be, you know, in with protesters hearing what they have to say and seeing everything with my own eyes rather than trying to follow them in a vehicle. Um, and so that's what I did last night. Just followed that, that strategy that I've used a billion times over difference was last night was last night last night was something that we haven't seen in 50 years last night was beyond control and so uh, what i was doing was working my way back up from third and gardner where i had been uh, been reporting on a back and forth scuffle between some protesters and uh, some lapd officers uh, and i just kind of settled there for about 90 minutes after bouncing all over the fairfax district and uh and so the protesters disappeared then the cops mobilized to move up to Melrose, and as soon as they did that, the protesters all reappeared. Um, and so I worked my way back to my truck to get up to Melrose because uh, I'm looking up at plumes of smoke. That is where everything is happening. That's where, you know, the reporting needs to happen. And so as I, I get back to my truck, uh, get running, I'm walking up to it. There are no other cars parked on the street anymore, um, which is a huge red flag. Uh, the other red flag is I'm getting closer and closer. It's, obviously, it's tilted in one direction because both of the driver's side windows, or excuse me, um, tires have been slashed. So, yeah, I do the check, no graffiti, nothing stolen. Uh, and so as I'm sitting there trying to kind of problem solve, like, hey, how do, how do you, you know, I call AAA, I'm like, hey, you guys come to me. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure. I'm like, yeah, you realize I'm in the middle of a riot, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we got somebody. And so I sit there for about 45 minutes. During during that 45 minutes, one of the neighbors comes out, and she's like, yeah, I saw this last year tire. I didn't, like, give any details. But basically, they drove up, they saw your car, they turned around, they hopped out, pop, pop, got back in the car, and, and took off. Um, so then AAA calls me back about 10 minutes later, like, oh, hey, we just realized you're in the middle of a riot. We can't come get you. <laughs> so, uh, nice. so Steve, uh, Steve had had repositioned from downtown. He was uh, he was a couple blocks away up in Melrose, so he came down and picked me up. And then you know we spent the last couple hours of the evening into the morning, um, kind of reporting in tandem there, which is more difficult to do than you would think. So where's the car? Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's it's been really trying to figure out how to how to take care of it now um, because. I got to get a tow truck in there. Uh, I got to get back there physically to get a tow truck in there. And, um, yeah, and then go from there and get, get new tires, get going again. Uh, this is going to be going for a while. There was some confusion, and I don't know if the, if it's been resolved yet, that last night when the mayor extended the curfew from downtown to the entire city of Los Angeles, that it also pertained to members of the media uh, that was the yeah. original thing that we heard, but I, I haven't heard any clarification. Was that were you guys still at risk of being arrested? 
there, there was a possibility. Um, the confusion came. I mean, the confusion came directly from LAPD. For whatever reason, they the media relations department did not offer the clarity they needed to offer. And you know, if that sounds like criticism, it is because they should have come out right away and said, "These are the explicit rules. This is explicitly what will happen." Uh, and so, what I did was I went to the the commanding officer. I mean, basically for everything that was happening at that spot, I'm like, "Hey, listen, like." I just want some clarification. He's going to arrest me at eight o'clock, and, and he's like, "No, as long as you have your credential, you're fine. Our guys know, you know, they'll steer, steer clear of you." I'm like, "Okay, cool." And he's like, "He's like, you guys have got to be out here. We understand that." So at, at that point, I took it as, "Okay, this is, you know, this is my clearance to be good and ready to go." At the same note, like, also, if I'm going to get arrested for doing my job, I'm going to get arrested for doing my job, and you know, then the company's paying for two new tires and some legal fees. And that's all right. That's the way these things go. I mean, you, you get stuck in horrible situations sometimes and you just got to cut through it. So uh, that's it. Well, I remember when I set the news vehicle on fire or it caught fire and uh, <laughs> yeah, Michael different. Clark still made me report <laughs> the thing uh, is from you, the burning car. You were there. Chris wasn't even close to it when that's this true. happened. That's so true. He's got some. I still, I, like, I, I've been working for four years. I still don't know how you set the car. We'll have to. We all have to turn it in one of these days. Those cars have a lot of stories. Oh, oh my goodness, do they? They've been yeah, a I'm lot of worried. places. They've lived a lot of life. Um, yeah, mine's, a, mine's a, yeah. How many big gulps did Steve Gregory go through last night? No, you know what? I wasn't even paying attention. Um, I, I did not. I didn't know that that was a thing. That's a, that thing. a thing. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's a big thing. Yeah. 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 I. Um, that that's strange because being a reporter, there's a constant worry about where you know you've got to take care of the other end of that big gulp. I got stories about that too. We, we'll get together once this coronavirus thing is over. And the the real bad stories are the combination of what's under the back seat and the fact that she couldn't find a restroom. Those are the bad ones. Uh, oh well, you know that happens. What time did you finally get to, to settled down? I mean, get home and close your eyes and at least relive everything that you were doing, but do it in the comfort of your own bed. I got home probably about one thirty. I finished file at three a.m. and I mean, I mean, I fell asleep right away. I didn't know. Now, last night, yesterday, I hate to be flip about it. I think I sounded flip earlier. Um, I mean, yesterday was was probably one of the most difficult days of reporting that I've I've had, um, and. You know, it, it was tough just because of the, of the conversations that I had with a lot of people. And it, there was a lot of genuine confusion, a lot of genuine fear from, from folks, a lot of anger, obviously, that, that we saw everywhere. And then a lot of opportunism, as we saw later in the evening. And it was, um, you know, it was, a, it was a difficult evening to kind of process as we went through. And it was also the physical side of it, just kind of walking all over the place, but also just stuff being thrown all the time. I mean, I was standing five feet behind uh, a skirmish line and the protester threw what I assume was some sort of concussive device. Right like next to my head and my ears were ringing for, for 20 or 30 minutes after that. But, you know, immediately they, 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 the skirmish line opened fire back on these protesters. And that, that was the dance throughout the entire day. So, like these protesters, the, the ones who were aggressive, um, the, you know, the accelerators, they were 
they were mobile. They were moving quickly. They were adapting their strategies to whatever LAPD was offering. I mean, in, in a moment. And what was remarkable is there was a time when it looked as though this, these groups of people who were intent on mayhem were getting ready to take over. And there were people from Black Lives Matter and Matters and other people who um, were what I assume to be organizers on bullhorns, basically telling people, okay, this is done. We're done. Go home. This is, this is it. This is not what, what, what we were trying to do. And I remember that it was just sitting there at Beverly and, and Fairfax is this woman is just frantically screaming through a bullhorn, like, just stop, just stop, go home. And nobody's listening. And you, know, you have people on a cop car that's been burnt out and covered in, in graffiti and other cop cars, like literally on fire next to a gas station, billowing black smoke. And the, you, know, you look back down Beverly in front of CBS Television City and at the next intersection, more smoke. You hear reports of uh, not just fireworks, but Molotov cocktails and all these other things that, that potentially are being tossed into orbit. You don't see it with your own eyes, so you can only, you know, let your imagination run with it. And then, of course, the looting as the sun starts to set down Third Street and, and down Beverly. I mean, it was almost a per- perpendicular sunset as everybody's staring back into, into, into the, uh, the West. It's just people coming out with arms full of stuff out of all of these stores. And then once we get to Melrose, I mean, you're talking about smaller businesses. These are not big chain stores. They may be owned by wealthy people, but I mean, they're built from the ground up. I talked to a guy last night just getting ready to open his store, standing there with a hammer, standing there with a hammer, ready to protect it, and his wife and his one-year-old um, in the backseat of their car because he, he didn't want to leave them alone wow. either. I mean, like, just insane stuff last night and throughout the day. Well, uh, yeah, I can't imagine uh, because it, it is a very volatile situation when you're covering protests, especially when the protesters are at odds with each other. Um, as, you know, you pointed out, the protesters and then you have the agitators and, uh, and, and that creates another level of frustration out there as well. Uh, Chris, stay safe. Hope you... Uh, Hope you get mobile again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you're here momentarily, guys. Excellent. Chris and Carlo did some fantastic work out there yesterday uh, and into last night. We'll come back, Gary and Shannon. We'll continue. Ain't got no gun. Ain't got no knife. Don't you start no fight. Because I'm TNT. I'm dynamic. president's trying to blame this on the media just jumped on twitter again he says the lamestream media is doing everything within their power to foment hatred and anarchy as long as everybody understands what they're doing that they are fake news and truly bad people with a sick agenda we can easily work through them to greatness the only thing i will say about that is that um when if if you live in gosh i don't know fresno and you're not familiar with L.A., and you see the pictures and images from last night, and you hear the reporters say things like, this is going off in several different areas, and it's a, it, was, it was widespread last night, but Los Angeles is a massive city. L.A. County is a massive county. So uh, it, it does, unfortunately, make it seem like the entire city is in, on fire when it's not. still sucks. still horrible for the people that uh, have to clean up after... Uh, 
after what we saw last night. A lot of stores vandalized and not just corporate stores like Apple. Uh, Orange Bone Pet Salon was vandalized. This is a, a shop on Melrose. Rachel owns it and joins us now. Rachel, what happened yesterday? Um, well, actually, I'm just the manager, but um, the, uh, they came in and they broke our windows um, and, you know, they didn't steal too much because they think they realized there wasn't a whole lot to steal in the pet store. But, I mean, they, they took all the money in the register, which thankfully we're smart enough to not keep a lot in there. But um, we're, we're just cleaning up the damages. I mean, there's glass everywhere. And uh, thankfully there's been people stopping in off the street to, to help us clean up and pack up all the rest of the merchandise. And um, it's overwhelming, but it's, it's incredible to see the, the community come together like it is to, to help out all these stores. Was this one of those things where you saw it happening on TV, or was it just you got word of it first thing this morning? Um, well, we got word of it last night. Apparently, one of the one a reporter was um, was doing a story on it, and they called our phone number that's listed on the building uh, and let us know that the window had been broken. But at that point, I mean, curfew was already in set, and we couldn't get out here, so we were just all stressed throughout the night to to find what the damage was in the morning, but thankfully, I mean, our building wasn't burned. So that, that would have been detrimental. And even though, you know, we're going to, we're going to suffer financially from this, um, I think we'll recover. It's just hard because we've been closed throughout COVID and now, (laughs) now we're closed again. So. Yeah. Well, Rachel, sorry about that. Sorry that happened. And uh, good luck putting the pieces back together. She brings up a great point that, you know, this was supposed to be a reopening, Um, you know, salons, pet salons, all of that local businesses reopening this weekend for the first time, trying to make some money finally uh, after two and a half uh, months of being shut down. And and this is the uh, the welcoming, I guess. Unfortunately, yeah. Rachel, let me ask you a question. I don't know if you know the answer to this. You mentioned that there were people that were just kind of off the street coming in and helping you guys out. Are there any groups mm-hmm. or organizations that appear to be down there that are organizing any sort of that volunteer cleanup effort? Or is it just people coming out of their homes to see if they can help? Um, so there, there is uh, a company. Um, I think she said it's L.A. City M.D., um, they're a group of medical workers that are they're helping with cleanup. She gave me their card as well. Um, and uh, but I mean, a lot of it is just it's just the community. Um, people are just stopping in with brooms and gloves and masks and just asking to help. And what do we need? And helping us pack stuff up. And there's even people donating money. And it, it's incredible, you know, to see this community come together. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> Well, thank you for being a voice of uh, some some hopefulness, some uh, some oper- optimism, I suppose, for today. Rachel, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Rachel, again, the manager there at uh, Orange Bone Pet Salon, one of the many small businesses that was hit, vandalized, looted last night on Melrose. Orange County was the scene of some protests as well. The Santa Ana mayor now just announcing a curfew in the city from 10 tonight until 5.30 a.m. tomorrow. We'll continue with uh, our ongoing and special coverage of what's going on with our protests uh, that turned into rioting and looting overnight. Gary and Shannon, we'll be right back after this.
Gary and Shannon, KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We are with you for another hour today. Jennifer Jones-Lee coming up after us to continue our coverage. Target temporarily closing 105 stores in 10 states after being the target, really, of uh, several break-ins, looting. Company closing 46 stores in California, 33 in Minnesota. Uh, I hesitate to even do this story because I hate the guy. Uh, but uh, Jake Paul is a... Uh, I, eh, I hate everything about this story. Jake Paul is a YouTube star. I hate that. Jake Paul is a douchebag of a human being. I hate that. And Jake Paul was recorded yesterday uh, walking through the uh, Scottsdale, Arizona mall while looting was going on. And uh, a bunch of YouTube people came out and blasted him for being there. Like, why would you even why would you even be there? Uh, and he had to come out with a statement to explain where he why he was there. He says he and his crew were trying to film the goings on, at which point he says the cops forced them away by gassing them. Eventually, he says he found himself in the middle of the mall break and decided to capture all of it for his YouTube channel. He says he doesn't condone the violence, but he wants people to see what's going on. We're all doing the best we can to be helpful and raise awareness. This is no time, not the time to attack each other. It's time to join together and evolve, is what he says. Listen, he's got got a fine message there. That's that's totally fine. But you're such a douchebag that you think your uh, your view on this is gonna is gonna be better or different than someone else's. And and, and don't you don't you dare play the victim card that you got gassed by the police right where were you again you were at the mall the people were looting and you were you were sad that they uh they gassed you i think that's a that's a frustrating thing that that i kept saying last night where are your kids i I mean there's so many young people that are out there on the street uh that were that were part of what we saw last night just ask the question where are your kids? Jake Paul's an old enough person. He's a his parents. Twenty three. Listen, if if you go out there, I'm telling you, if all you did was see yesterday, you had no other experience, and you've never seen civil unrest before. If all you saw saw was what happened yesterday in the streets of L.A., you have to know some of those police agencies are going to tear gas you, or pepper spray, or the O.C. balls, or whatever they call them. You're going to get it. It's kind of a given if you're going to be out there at some point. And then to to cry and complain about, oh, I was just there to document for my YouTube channel the right. importance of the insurrections of the... Stop it. The Secret Service says more than 60 officers and special agents are recovering after being injured during the protests outside the White House. Injuries happened between Friday night and Sunday morning. They said that uh, things like bricks, bottles, fireworks are the causes of those injuries. Punches were thrown at personnel. Some were kicked. Eleven employees were hospitalized for non-life-threatening injuries. One person arrested overnight. The Secret Service says the White House fence was not crossed. There was an odd thing that happened yesterday that I don't think a lot of people were expecting. Uh, obviously, city leaders were not expecting it, and that was the fact that the the protests themselves materialized around the Grove, for one thing, sort of that Fairfax-Melrose area. Because when we saw the mayor come out 
and say that he was going to impose a curfew, it was just going to be in that downtown area, the the bordered by the four freeways. And at three o'clock or four o'clock when he gave that news conference and said that, he said that the police chief had asked him for the curfew because they were on the opportunity to make sure they could lock down what they assumed was going to be the ground zero for Saturday night's protests. It didn't even come close. Yes, there was some uh, activity downtown, but nothing like we saw up and down Melrose and Fairfax. Um, but the the stores that were hit on Friday night were vastly immigrant-owned, run by black and brown folks, the way the LA Times put it. And it's a it that I think is a, led people to point their anger elsewhere and led them to go to places like the Orange Bone Pet Salon. We just talked to Rachel, the manager there on Melrose. And loot the Melrose Mac store or break into the Nordstrom at uh, at the Grove because they felt like that was the better target. That was a more appropriate target than small businesses that happen to be owned by minority business owners. Well, I have something that uh, should cheer you up. Uh, the mayor is going to have an advisory, a briefing today at noon. We just got the advisory. So you'll hear more about summoning our better angels. What was that again? Uh, let me see if I can pull that up because I think it's a it's a good one to be reminded that we need to have uh, our better angels at at a time when like like we need like, everybody to summon their better angels in this city of angels. Like Clarence, Clarence the guardian angel. Yeah. <laughs> Is he one of the better angels? Uh, well, I mean, he definitely ended up as one of the better angels. He helped George Bailey. And everybody else. And that's what we be focused on today, tomorrow. Let us give voice to the pain that we feel, what? but let us not take that out on our city. We are better than this, Los Angeles. We can prove it. And I know we are a city of angels. Again, the the just the irony. And thank God for Fox 11 for doing that the way they did that. That was the mayor from the news conference yesterday played over footage of what was going on in the Fairfax district with people throwing things, lobbing things at the police with uh, police patrol cars that had been gutted by fire. I don't know if you saw the, the image of the dozen police cars that were all stacked in a line, uh, two lines there on third that were just destroyed. I mean, dented in from the top, spray painted burned out every window was broken every tire was flat well it looks like we've got another curfew in place uh for tonight as well we'll talk th about that and more coming up next gary and shannon and Underway. The city deployed crews, sweepers across downtown and Fairfax area to clean up the streets. Looks like we have another curfew in place for this evening. The uh, mayor made it sound really uh, 
temporary yesterday when we were talking about the curfew. He was asked multiple times about whether or not the curfew was going to be extended beyond last night and then outside of the downtown area. We all know that he eventually did extend it to the entire city, uh, but it was just an odd the way he handled all of this in his speech yesterday afternoon was very odd. Uh, and it was what's the word? Uh, I don't want to say emasculating weak. Weak was a good way to put it. I just felt like there was a total detachment from what the actual things that were going on on the street. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't and it wasn't even like at noon. He held a news conference before all of this started going when he was holding his news conference. Every television station in L.A. had him on one side with a live shot of what was going on on Fairfax on the other side. And it was just he was not paying attention to any of that. Uh, Juwan, give me this computer. I'll I'll play what he said for about, uh, he talked about the curfew. Tonight in the downtown area, the chief of police has has asked for me from the four freeways that bound downtown. Again, this is yesterday. So that we can clean up the debris, so we can make sure that shops are secured, so we can make sure that downtown residents can safely go around downtown and leave and come into their homes to put a curfew on downtown uh, if if that's your dad and he's telling you you can't go out tonight, you're sneaking out the window. If if uh, if the mayor of Atlanta, Keisha Lance Bottoms, is your mom, you're not going anywhere. No, you respect her and you're staying in. Um, he also described the difference between being brave. Uh, the real struggle of this is not to fight; it's to not fight. But there are those fight. who think that well, maybe if I get in a fight, that'll prove something. It's not tough to get in a fight with a police officer. <laughs> it's tough to not fight back. It's tough for us to all say, take a breath, step away. But make no mistake, we also have to, in this city, make sure that we can protect lives by making sure that there is not disorder like we saw on the streets of downtown last night or we see today. It was a disjointed news conference that he held yesterday. There was this moment where he was going to wrap it up And just we've you know, we've seen this guy for years now try to make each, especially when it comes to these uh, coronavirus updates that he'd been giving. Right. Where I love you for that and I need you now. He's trying to write poetry with every single speech he gives every single one. He wants it to be the state of the city address. So just talk to people just as a person. Just talk to people. But here's here's again he needs to he needs to sit down with his speechwriter and come up with cute things like summon your better angels or a city of angels. What the hell? This was nobody his, wants to hear cute stuff right now. The wrap up for him as he's doing it, you can hear him like penciling out a poem in his head while he's trying to call on everyone to be calm and to not, you know, loot and riot. As we look at this city, know that this is a moment. Moment. But a moment that we all collectively will define. What? What is it with the moment? If we have buildings burning and shops being looted, we've seen those shadows in the past. Don't bring them back. He and Gavin come up with we the bring, moment. We will use thing? the law to reestablish your liberty, to reestablish and save lives. But we cannot do that when folks are lighting fires, shooting at our officers, throwing at projectiles, and escalating things up. Escalating things up. Just get out there and say, 
I want to make progress on this. I realize that racism is still a very big part of this city and this country. Don't shoot the cops and let's work on that progress as soon as possible, which means stop setting things on fire. Seriously, though, the moments like Gavin meeting the moment and what did he say? about? As we look at this city, we know that this is a moment. This is a moment. This is a moment. Yeah. Now, I just get this impression. It's an overwhelming sense that I have when he speaks. I smell brown sugar body scrub. You know, I would take the sugar out of that because that can be a little harsh on your skin. I am sensing more of a cream body wash. Like the for sensitive skin. Uh, <laughs> because, you know, the sugar yes, scrub can yeah. be a little abrasive. It can, it can hurt. It can have a little bit of an edge to it. it can hurt. And there's no edges in there. That is a smooth <clears throat> oil of Olay, extra nourishing body cream wash. Just remember, we need to take a deep breath. And we've seen this before in Los Angeles. Oh, we have? When the violence escalates, no one wins. Oh. And so everybody has to be responsible for owning this moment. Moments. Whether you wear a badge or whether you hold a sign, I'm asking all of Los Angeles to take a deep breath and to step back. Can you turn that off, please? For a moment. <laughs> I'm done with that for the day. Take a breath. Well, He's, why don't you take a breath? It sounds like you know you're getting what? upset about this. If you just take a breath and close your eyes and understand the moment that you're in, maybe none of this would have happened. Taking breaths. Stop it. Taking steps stop back. Stop telling. Stop it. And just understanding the moment. You're going to make me swear again. Summon your better angels. Summon your better angels. Damn it, Rob. <laughs> your skin's looking a little flaky. You might want to. You might want to moisturize up, too. Angel you, soft. You know, oh, the other thing about that news conference was that. Angel soft. <laughs> the other thing was that uh, originally I was just listening to it. I wasn't watching it. And what was he wearing? In, in was the, it a robe? No, just an, he was wearing his Saturday mayor's costume. Oh. Which is a light blue button down, but the top button is not buttoned. Oh. And there is no tie because after all. He's human. It is Saturday. Um, by the way, uh, Brian Suits actually asked this question. I didn't know the answer to it. If Mayor Garcetti was here in 92, Gil Garcetti obviously was, but, but, uh, Eric Garcetti was at Columbia getting his bachelor's degree. He was still in college at the time. So, uh, he's way back on the other side of the country, which doesn't, uh, doesn't change one way or the other. If he, under, he clearly understands what happened here, but that's where he was. Um, all right. So when we come back, we're going to talk more about some of those areas that, uh, that were hit. Uh, like Rodeo Drive, The Grove, Melrose, Fairfax, all of those areas. And uh, is that going to be where everybody goes today? It's one of those questions that even if the mayor didn't know yesterday, that's a breakdown in intelligence on behalf of his city leaders. Because if we had an idea that things were going to pop off and point towards Fairfax and Melrose and things like that, he's got to know that. And... It looks like social media is playing a role in uh, oh, huge. Uh, in in organizing people and picking the locations. I mentioned earlier, it looks like Trump's golf course is going to be the site of at least one of these protests today. Coming up at about noon. Uh, kudos to a couple of CBS guards. I don't know if you saw yesterday, they uh, were 
the giant iron gates that close off CBS Television City there near the Grove, right across the street from it. And uh, protesters had run a giant dumpster into that gate, broken the lock off, and started coming in. Two security guards, private security, both of them run out with their hands on their guns on their hip and are able to talk those guys back, close the gates, and prevent anybody from coming in. Yeah. Pretty some uh, amazing. There are some good stories. Brave stories out there. Gary and Shannon will continue. Shannon, KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Jennifer Jones-Lee is going to come along at uh, noon and continue our special weekend coverage of uh, protests that turn into looting and rioting, not just in L.A. Uh, 30 major cities across the United States saw these. More than 340 protesters, they say, were arrested in New York City last night. 33 officers injured, including three people arrested in New York City for throwing Molotov cocktails at uh, occupied police cars. Illinois joining the party, calling in the National Guard. National Guard has arrived now in at least 13 states and the District of Columbia, which we think is unprecedented. Uh, We're seeing a lot of activity right now in Philadelphia. Apparently some stores are still being looted in uh, Kensington, Pennsylvania, near near downtown, I, I believe. But like we saw last night here along the Fairfax District, uh, Melrose uh, Avenue, people are just rolling up in cars, parking on the curb, going into these stores and coming out with armfuls, basketfuls, uh, uh, shopping cartfuls of stuff, throwing it in the car and then taking off. And there's no, I haven't seen any cops in this uh, this shot from Philadelphia that I've been watching. So, and there's just pulling all, it's just, and it's it's crap, the stuff that they're pulling out of there. There's like cat litter and I, it's weird. West Hollywood has just put in a curfew for tonight as well. You saw that happen in Beverly Hills, Pasadena, Los Angeles. So the mayor is set to address the city coming up at noon, probably going to announce that we will have another curfew for tonight. Uh, the mayor of L.A.'s brother just tweeted us who or just tagged us in a tweet the mayor of la's brother oh who is that uh and it's the it's the video of the actual uh dumpster being pushed up against a a gate (laughs) but there was a protester who got caught between the dumpster and the gate oh that's a bad place to be yeah so a little fail anyway we'll uh (laughs) i'll retweet that so that you can see that um the uh, Rodeo Drive, of course, was flooded by crowds yesterday, but in the, I guess, a pocket of Beverly Hills, they did use tear gas to break up the 200, 300 people that had gathered at Rodeo and Santa Monica Boulevards about 8 o'clock. There were three Santa Monica police vehicles right there at that corner 
that had been vandalized, uh, had their tires popped, windows uh, broken out, etc. And earlier in the day, at about 2 p.m., they closed Rodeo Drive to vehicular and pedestrian traffic. Obviously, stores on Rodeo have been closed for months, and because of coronavirus, they some of them had started to at least prepare for a reopening because of the way that we've seen the lockdowns lifted in certain areas. And the vandalism was mostly spray-painted, several broken windows in that area. We talked with uh, the mayor, Les Friedman, a little bit earlier. He said that we're trying to still determine the extent of damage. We're deeply saddened that vandalism occurred. We will work to support our businesses moving forward in this already difficult time. The Alexander McQueen store got broken into. What is that? Is that shoes? Alexander I don't McQueen know. or clothing or something like that? I'll Google it, though. I'm assuming it's a brand, a fancy brand. About 6.20 last night, uh, dozens of people went through the store and escaped with, I don't know, handfuls of stuff. There was also an attempt to loot the, uh, to loot the Gucci store. Three Santa Monica, as I mentioned, the three Santa Monica PD vehicles attacked between six and seven at the intersection of Santa Monica and Rodeo. And that's eventually where tear gas was used. Uh, According to the mayor, a few of the police officers did suffer minor injuries. I am amazed at the extent of what we saw last night in Los Angeles that we didn't have more reports of. Uh, officer injuries. Yeah. As far as I saw, most everything was was uh, minor. I cannot get over designer fashion and how much it costs. Alexander McQueen is a British fashion designer. And I just pulled up uh, something. He's got a blazer that sells for $11,000. Makes perfect sense. No. Oh, it doesn't? Let's see what we could get you. I'll go into the men's... Uh... We mentioned that uh, 30 largest cities throughout uh, uh, the United States saw protests. Many of them, most of them turned violent last night. There is a new protest. There are thousands of people gathered in the city square in St. Paul, Minnesota. Twin Cities, obviously, Minneapolis was where the death of uh, George Floyd took place on Monday. In, I can get you a pair of leather pants for four grand. Uh, I've already got plenty of leather pants, so I'm, uh, that's probably just a waste of money at that point. What about biker denim pants? Those, Those are I do not cheaper, have, but they, they've got leather down the side. They're, they're denim, but they've got leather down the sides there. Like chaps. Yeah. For how much? Uh, $2,300. I'm in, I'm, I'm listening. Okay. There's also an, there's uh, a lot of wool mohair pants. That sounds itchy. It does, doesn't it? There's also a protest going on outside the U.S. Embassy in London where several arrests have been made. Apparently, there's been a serious divide, they're calling it, among the president's advisors on how to handle this. Uh, If the president should address the several nights of protests and riots across the entire country. They said that the president's being urged by some advisors to formally address the nation and call for calm. Others have said he should condemn the rioting and looting more forcefully or risk losing middle-of-the-road voters in November. Why can't it just be that he's the president of the United States and we would expect to hear a statement from him about this and not make it all political all the time? Right, because that's it. That's what it is. I mean, <laughs> you pointed out the mayor of Atlanta and the fact that she came out and it just in, gave an impassioned plea 
not just as a mayor, but as a as a mother and as a resident of the city of Atlanta for this to stop. Right. And our mayor can't do that. He's got to sell you an Avon candle. While he's trying to make everybody feel better. And the president can't do it because he's going to he's going to step on his own tongue and say something he probably shouldn't. And then incite more people to go out on the streets to. Well, that's what they're worried about. They're they're worried about another Charlottesville where he comes out and says there's good people on both sides. Well, we know he wouldn't say that. No, <laughs> and that's part of the problem. Uh, uh, I mentioned this uh, this video that I've been watching from Fox 29 in Philadelphia. There's just an entire block of stores that have been just gone through i mean it's to the point where people go in there's nothing left in these stores for them to loot so they just walking away uh and i haven't seen any police vehicles this helicopter shot uh from from fox 29 in philadelphia i've been watching this for a good 10 minutes now and i haven't seen any police vehicles anywhere in philadelphia all right uh we have a couple more segments here one more uh we'll get to jennifer jones lee coming up at the top of the hour to continue this Once again, the National Guard has been called up in at least 13 states. It's expected to be activated in 16 total by the end of the day today. And we've seen them already on the streets of Los Angeles in in an image that we haven't seen for 28 years here. Gary and Shannon and... Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Following the stories that are going on around the country. Of course, the uh, protests that turned into rioting and looting last night following the death of George Floyd from Monday in Minneapolis. Minneapolis was actually, I won't say it didn't have its violence last night, but in terms of the hot spots, it was not one of the hotter spots. Uh, L.A. was definitely New York City, Chicago. There were um, smaller communities, too, like uh, Fargo, North Dakota, yeah, Lincoln, Des Moines, Nebraska. Iowa, I right. saw that, too. It's, I mean, it's clear that this is a nationwide. I don't know anybody who's not absolutely appalled at uh, and outraged about what happened in Minneapolis and that that cop is going to go to jail for the rest of his life. The other three officers will be arrested at some point. I've been saying that I was watching uh, Fox 29 out of Philadelphia was showing images of people looting different stores and i hadn't seen any police officers there are now like we saw last night along fairfax this sort of uh, looting whack-a-mole where groups of people would be just blowing through a business stealing all kinds of stuff and then the cops would show up and they'd scatter like cockroaches and then just materialize at another store somewhere else there are cops there are about four cop cars that have rolled up in front of a models you know the sporting goods store there in a strip mall and they're standing out or the the cop cars are just parked out in front of the models but you can see there's probably 50 people across the parking lot looking it almost looks like they're waiting for the cops to leave so that they can get into the sporting goods store it's just a bizarre image to see i mean uh, such a the the lack of uh i don't know 
when we say lack of regard for the police, I mean, that's what they're pissed off about in the first place. Why would they start paying attention to it now? Well, it's that. And I think it's also uh, most of the country under a financial strain because everything's been shut down for two and a half months and uh, and people have had to go without. And so there is this um, I feel like that's playing into the looting, the the widespread looting that we saw. Police officers in one of New Jersey's largest, most violent cities getting praise on social media today because they marched alongside protesters in rallies over George Floyd's death. Camden County Police Chief Joe Wysocki joined the front line of a march in Camden yesterday, wearing his uniform, a face mask and a peace sign. You've heard a lot of that. You know, I am one of you. Um coming from from some of these not all the images are great but there are all there are a lot of good stories that uh, if you look for them they are there well when we talked with rachel she was the manager at uh, orange bone pet salon on melrose that's one of i mean dozens of businesses along melrose that have been vandalized that were burned out last night that have been just had their their inventory destroyed, many of them getting ready to reopen either today or even yesterday, maybe this week. And now everything is on hold once again because of this. She was saying that people were just coming by and offering to help clean up for, with nothing other than a shovel or a broom or just their bare hands to help these business owners clean up. They're, you know, if it's one thing to hit an urban outfitter's, or uh, even a Target store. It's another to hit a place like a pet salon. Uh, and it's not that they stole a bunch Just of stuff from the pet salon. destruction for destruction's sake. Yeah. This Philadelphia right now is probably the hot spot that's going on. I mean, L.A., obviously, we're cleaning up after the mess. And there are dozens and if not hundreds of people out there that uh, at this point, they're just helping clean up. I don't see any organized protest or anything throughout Los Angeles, but... In Philadelphia, I said this before, that that looks like this looter whack-a-mole that's going on. There's a Foreman Mills store uh, that has now been broken into at some point. I I don't know if Philadelphia is still on lockdown, but it doesn't look like any of these businesses have any cars in the parking lot. So I would assume that that's more than just a a Sunday closure, that that would be a a coronavirus thing that they're still closed. They've got uh, the police helicopters in the skies above Philadelphia right now. And they've well. and all they can do is direct you know a group of officers to to one place and uh, hopefully just, just their presence is enough to get people to scatter out of there. Just massive looting going on right now. People climbing in through windows and coming out with like you said, a bunch of crap. Uh, there was a a thing that really bothered me about yesterday that was that was frustrating because there's a pearl clutching that goes on in. Some of the coverage that we see, this is, you know, I can't, I'm not going to put it into a nutshell and say 400 years of racism boils over into a, 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 you know, a frustrating afternoon for people. But the TV reporters who would go around showing the different skirmish lines, the graffiti, the damage that was being done, the burned out cop cars, and then they would... uh They'd apologize for the profanity. Listen, if you watched the the video of George Floyd getting killed, you can look at some bad language and graffiti. At, at an F word. You shouldn't sanitize 
the scene when you're a reporter. No. Your job is to present things as they are, as they are, period. There was a specific reporter. I don't remember like, think who about it what was. you're reporting about. Like, that's just, to yeah. me, that's just a lack of perspective completely. I, I understand the gut reaction to it. I mean, we've been trained for the last several years um, since we started this. You're not supposed to say the certain words, right? You're not supposed to say the key magic words that you'll will get you and your company in trouble. But when you're in a situation like that, for you to, for example, go around a corner in a business, there was a, a corner business on one side uh, of the corner, there was a broken window. And on the other side, the window was damaged, but it wasn't broken. As the reporter's leading the camera ran, uh, cameraman around the corner, she says, oh, wait, Bob, don't come around the corner. There's a profanity on the window. As if... Uh, you're covering, we're talking you're about, covering a riot. Yes, that stemmed from... A murder that is now prompting tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people around the country to protest. And you're concerned that you're going to show an F word on camera, even though that's not what you're pointing out. You're not counting up the number of F words that have been now spray painted on the streets of L.A. You're you're just showing the damage and the frustration and the anger and the danger that's out there. It that was is uh, odd, uh, and every channel I would flip really? to had a had a moment where they would apologize for. Oh God! Uh, oh, sorry if you could hear through Jeff's mic that uh, some of those protesters have some foul mouths. That's what you're pro. That's what you're apologizing for. L.A. will be under curfew for a second night, starting at 8 p.m., continuing until 5:30 a.m. tomorrow. Anyone caught on the L.A. streets during these hours risks being arrested. How is this whole arrest thing working with the no bail coronavirus rules? Conway asked Sheriff Villanueva that question, uh, and he was pretty clear that if you get arrested. So so last night they were stopping vehicles after the curfew had ended. Or I'm sorry, after the curfew had started and they were stopping vehicles that they believed may have been involved in some of the looting. And if they were going to if they pull them over at 1030, 11 o'clock at night. And if you were found with that stuff in your car that you obviously stole from the Target or the Melrose Mac store or whatever, you're going to get busted for looting. If you didn't, you were still going to get cited, at least, for breaking curfew. And the sheriff said, yeah, obviously those guys, if you're going to get a ticket probably at worst for breaking curfew. Um, but some of them could, be, could have been taken into custody. The thing is, it doesn't go away even if you're let out on bail. I mean, right. yes, you get to go out and have another party tonight, but all you're doing then is screwing yourself for the next 10 years in the event that you ever try to find a job yeah, or you ever, ever get pulled over for anything else and you have a warrant out because of these two outstanding citations for breaking curfew during an emergency like this. I don't know. When was that car chase? Was that T last? Tuesday, Wednesday? That was this week? Yeah. Four no. or five days ago? Yeah. Hey, no. listen. No, there was, was an entire no. presidential impeachment trial that took place. What? Did you, did you not hear about Kobe? Because I feel like the, I shouldn't bring it up now because there's a lot that's gone on between now. This year. You even paid your taxes this year. I didn't. I mean, what? No, like that. You filled them out. Yeah. Okay. But they never got back to me with the with the final stuff. 
Because I mean, you have time. the deadline. Yeah, and all that. it's like the July fifteenth, I think. And but. then they said they were going to email it to me because we're not allowed to go in the office or anything, and they never did. Hmm. So thanks for reminding me of that. Sorry. All right. Well, uh, Jonesy's up. Jennifer Jones Lee is going to take us through uh, two o'clock today. Um, we will see how things go this afternoon. Uh, of course, you can count on Mo at six o'clock. Uh, Brian Suits coming in at eight o'clock for Super Hyper Local Sunday. We will see you manana. Right. Maybe under martial law. Yeah. Maybe not. Who knows? This is the second time we've thought that martial law was going to be happening. I love the prediction on uh, Twitter that said that. Um, Probably aliens by October. Yeah. I don't know what's next, but... Good bet. I'd take that bet. Okay. Jennifer Jones-Lee up next. Gary and Shannon, we'll see you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody. Now is the time, and wherever you are is the place. The Citadel makes it easier to earn your degree by offering master's degrees, graduate certificates, and undergraduate degree completion programs that are entirely online. Flexible scheduling makes these programs convenient for working professionals. Online classes are held to the same high standards that consistently name the Citadel the number one master's granting public college in the South. The Citadel. Online. On your time. Visit citadel.edu slash online.